For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcast. Papers this morning cover quite an amount of ground and where we find ourselves, particularly with regards to health and welfare. The Echo this morning quotes the 68 patients on trolleys at the CUH yesterday, the highest of any emergency department in uh, Ireland. They call it bleak for the hospital. But interestingly, buried away then in another part of the front page is the fact that the HSE are planning to construct two mobile operating theatres in the car park of the CUH. Um, I'm sure that they're very well needed, but you'd you'd almost be thinking that this is some kind of a joke, but it's not. It's all to do with trying to shorten waiting times for surgical procedures. Two mobile operating theatres, surgery in the car park. Um, My God, it just reminds me of a... Uh, another story making the papers today, the 50th anniversary of the television series MASH. Um, uh, God almighty, the times we live in. Uh, meanwhile, there's another couple of interesting Cork stories. It's to do with, with property, actually. Um, the Echo carries a lot of them, and so does the Examiner. One has to do with Douglas Village, uh, sorry, Douglas Sh- Village Shopping Centre uh, being on the market. It's uh, on the market for £21 million, but they think that it probably will make a little bit more than that. You might remember... One of the last big events in the life of the shopping centre was when uh, a parked car burst into flames in 2019 and then the fire spread rapidly through the multi-storey, causing 30 million euro worth of damage and significant interruption to business. So it's on the market now and expected to sell above the 21 million price tag. A couple of stories in the Examiner then. Tommy Barker in the Examiner describes Cork City Centre's retail landscape as being battered. I wonder if we'd agree that the city centre's uh, retail landscape is battered. It's a strong word to use, but he's the property editor, so he's bound to have his finger on the pulse. Maybe it might have been fair to say that Patrick Street's retail landscape is battered. What are your thoughts on that on the city centre? 0868104106 by text. But anyway, uh, some optimistic news in the sense that Duns are currently fitting out the ground floor of their shuttered Merchant's Key Unit. And then there's strong interest in Debenhams, according to uh, Cushman, Cushman and Wakefield, who are, are selling it. They're saying uh, that there has been uh, an amount of interest. Imagine international interest. I'm not quite sure if there's, you know, as to who will ultimately buy it. It's It's got a price tag of about 20 million uh, Debenhams. But what could it be used for? Well, they're speculating in the examiner this morning that future uses could see retail to the front of it, Debenhams, the old Rocha Stores building, that would be a listed building, so the front couldn't be couldn't be touched. Certainly, the upper floors outside the facade couldn't be touched. So, future uses could be retail to the front, possibly a hotel and apartments behind and above, and then with a, a leisure centre, bar, restaurant, and general entertainment on the Mailer Street entrance. So, um, looking pretty good actually. If those get across the line, certainly Debenhams. Uh, but really improve the, as Tommy Barker calls it, the battered retail landscape in Cork City Centre. And then, of course, for people who are looking for places to live, uh, it's just so sad. Some might find it funny, I don't. It's an individual up the country uh, who is advertising on Airbnb a tent in his back garden. Apparently, the lodgers in the tents can use the bathroom, the showers and the kitchen of his large house and then retire to the tent for their 40 winks at €35 a night on uh, Airbnb. Same individual apparently then is also advertising on Airbnb a very comfortable couch, a leather couch, uh, for €50 per night. Same man who's uh, 
got the tent up in his back garden. I wonder, is he, does he really think that he's helping people and trying to make a difference? Uh, one reviewer cautioned interest uh, because although he said that it's a quiet area, um, the airbnb who did rent uh, the leather couch said that you must be prepared for noise. Uh, but anyway, 50 for the couch and 35 euro for the tent. These are the times we find ourselves in. Somebody sent me a screenshot of an ad in uh, is this U- this is UCC I think this one this screen grab it says single room yeah uh, single room oh, I was in the centre in Victoria Cross apparently uh, up on the notice board there a single room to rent uh, ten minutes walk from UCC uh, non smokers please uh, available immediately uh, in spite of the spelling they're asking for eight hundred euro per month including all bills so that's eight hundred. Euro per month for a single room. You know what? It wasn't too long ago when you could rent an entire house for that or a damn good apartment. But now it's down to single rooms for students at UCC. You can kind of understand students' exasperation when you see ads like that for €200 Euro a week for a bed. Cut your energy use by 10% is the front page of the mail. This is an order that's come down from the European Union. While the Sun is saying that Michal Martin is kind of saying words to the effect of grind your teeth, there's no end to the crisis. Although they say grid your teeth and that makes sense when you think of the energy grid. But he's been constantly asked as to whether or not it would make more sense to cap household bills and then the government would pay the balance to the energy companies. He's saying he can't do that. You'd literally be giving a blank check to energy firms. But they are doing it in the UK and really the tinkering that's going on at the moment is not a short-term, a medium-term solution to our problem. But they are talking about the upcoming budget. So you could be looking at about a €1,000 boost for families with regards to changes in tax And they're also going to tinker a little bit with the universal social charge. That could be cut. Believe me, it will be a tiny cut. And any of the tax ban changes will have a tiny impact somewhere in the region of €959 a year you'll save on tax. But that's gone and lots more besides straight away by inflation, cost of living increases and energy increases. But you know how they bring in all of these different commissions and committees? There's a taxation commission that just just reported back to the government. They've made 100 different recommendations, which I assume every single one of them will be parked and shelved and ignored for now until we get through what we're going through now. And that's going to take a few years. But one of them is they want a big tax on the likes of fast food or food that would be high on car- in carbs or high in sugar. Stuff that would be bad for you, like kebabs or burgers or chips and pizza. So they would have a special rate for an unhealthy, ultra-processed food category. So, um, you know, in the UK and in Ireland, they had been looking at taxing or indeed abolishing two-for-one deals. Buy one meal, get a second uh, free. You know, there's stuff you can get in supermarkets that reduce prices. They're usually the unhealthier food options. In the UK now, they've decided not to proceed with that because they realise that many fam- families have to take up the two-for-one options because they literally can't afford not to. But some of the other things they were talking about at this commission that I was reading overnight was an increase in property tax. And they're talking about a big increase in property tax and also a congestion charge. If you want to drive into cities like Cork or indeed Dublin, you'll pay for the privilege to do so. And it's becoming easier and easier to do that now. If you look at the way it's working with regards to Angarda Shikona, I think it's great that they continue to get better and better tech. There's a story making um, the Cork Independent today that talks about 
the modern technology that Angarda Shikona can now use. Smarter cars, the use of drones, long-range speed guns, um, some of the high-tech crime-fighting gadgets that the Garda Shikona are rolling out. In fact, in one of the articles, one of the senior police officers said that the tech with regards to... Um, particularly if you hone in on long-range speed guns, right, they will be able to identify a speeding car over a kilometre away. And the guard said, we can spot a detection before you've spotted us. We'd almost have a cup of tea made and a little table set up by the time you get to us. So this is the kind of tech they're using. They're also rolling out uh, a new fleet of cars, Tucson Smart Cars, um, um, which have huge amounts of tech on board. So when you talk about um, motoring offences, you're not just talking about speeding. The new tech will be able to identify uninsured drivers, disqualified drivers, speeding, obviously. Um, the cameras, the long-range cameras, will pick up uh, people using mobile devices, seatbelt offences, drunk drivers, drug drivers, and the whole shooting match. And they'll also, I didn't know they weren't already, but they'll be linked to Google Maps, so they'll be able to find precise locations of call-outs an awful lot faster. So all that's very good. Um, meanwhile, on a political front, papers this morning uh, look at Cork County Council. It's a pity I didn't know about this story in Cork Bio this morning when I was talking to the mayor of Cork County, Danny Collins, yesterday. But apparently, 16 of them, 16 Cork councillors, are going on a paid trip to Bratislava. Now, I'd have to go and consult a map to find out where Bratislava is. I'm sure they're wonderful people. It's in Slovakia. They really are. And I'm sure that they've got, uh, uh, you know, a really lovely country and what have you. But why do we need to go there? Well, our 16 councillors have to go to Bratislava for a three-day trip next week, all, of course, paid by the taxpayer, to find out how we could become greener, more carbon-free, and how we could create a smarter Europe. I guarantee a few of them will fall asleep at that conference. I guarantee you. I mean, if they went to a conference to teach them how to build houses and homes for people faster, you might say, hmm, maybe. But in all fairness, in these times, 16 county councillors going to Slovakia on a jolly. I don't think so. And from a European level then, um, Billy Kelleher, I didn't know this when I was talking to Billy Kelleher on the air a few weeks back, but apparently he had an unregistered permanent resident tenancy board property unregistered with the RTB for two years. Now, it was registered between 2009 and 2020, but wasn't renewed. A rental property that Billy Kelleher owns, it has subsequently been renewed and they've paid the fine on it. Uh, From the courts, I see a woman who apparently confronted a man who was whipping a horse alleges that she was then in turn lashed across the back by the whip leaving her in pain with a red mark. Now, the man before the court pleaded not guilty to the offence of whipping the woman when she confronted him about the treatment of the horse. This is on a a Dublin street, because you're talking about the Ballyfermot area. She saw two horse carts, also known as sulkies, and we have them down here as well, being driven by these men. And she asked one of the men on one of the sulkies to stop stop whipping the horse. She alleges she was whipped once on the back with the horse whip, and that's the reason that's before the course today. And if you you didn't know it, one of the foods that I absolutely, let me just put it mildly, dislike, avocados. I just can't understand the interest in them, the look of them, the texture of them, the taste of them, everything. You can shove your guacamole where the sun don't shine. But apparently tomorrow is uh, World Guacamole Day. So they're looking at their tabloids this morning 
and the Mirror giving the best recipes for guacamole ahead of tomorrow so that people can celebrate. Off you go now, you've been told. And people were celebrating down in Dick Max uh, the night before last. Mind you, the Mirror this morning doesn't call it Dick Max. They call it Duck Max Pub. Duck Max Pub in Dingle was where Garth Brooks, Trisha Yearwood and another few dropped in for a few bevies. And of course, the pub... If it wasn't jammed before Garth Brooks arrived, it was certainly jammed within minutes of him arriving. Uh, and also, among other things, he sang a couple of songs. And just ahead of the song singing, the bar staff got a 300 euro tip. And they got tickets to Saturday night's concert in Croke Park, courtesy of their friend in low places. Um, he wanted to show his appreciation for the hospitality. It's a story in Kerry's eye this morning. Um, but it wasn't quite a case of that there was a ticket for everyone in the audience or everyone in the bar, but certainly for the bar staff and a 300 euro tip. Somebody sent me a short clip of Garth Brooks doing his thing in Doc Max pub. Yes, you know how much I love her. Yet I try in every way to show her every day. She's my only one And if my time on earth were through She must face this world Mind yourself, Garth, I wouldn't be doing too many sing-songs around Irish pubs across the week because you'll be a no-voice at the weekend. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818-104-106. Red FM. Michael, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Thanks for taking the call. Uh, there's been a lot of turmoil in your life over the past few months um, from working all through the pandemic in a Cork hospital to finding yourself homeless. It seems to me as if you were there when you were needed, but now when you're looking for help, you've been told pretty much to get lost. What happened? Basically. So what happened was I was, I was renting a house for the past year. I was paying big money for the house. So through the, uh, through the year, I kind of I found myself in financial difficulty. Because you were there on your um, own. You were I, trying to pay all the rent on your own. It was over a grand, like, yeah. yeah. It was, yes. So I started taking out loans, um, you know, kind of to survive living there. You know, by the time bills are paid, I yeah. was paying yeah. near about 1500 a month. You know, so it was basically leaving me with nothing, nothing to live on. So it came, it came to, it came to the point where I, um, I had no other choice but to move out. Um, as my landlord uh, was telling me that they were going to increase the rent, so that kind of gave me yeah. the shelves to actually to get up and go. You know, you kind of knew that um, you wouldn't be able to survive the the rent increase. I understand. There, and, was, there was no way. It was bad. It was bad enough as it was. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, I know. Were you doing long? Were you doing long shifts? Incidentally, through COVID, the two years or so, I do twelve hour shifts. God almighty. And what about during COVID? Where, I mean, you were really all hands to the wheel then, yeah? We were very hands-on. I mean, we were very badly short-staffed, as you can imagine. Um, yeah. Staff was just dropping like flies, you know. We were doing a fair amount of overtime. So this is where I applied for the HAP scheme right. to give me a helping hand. So they told me that I was I wanted to go over the limits of say 35,000 if you say but obviously I went over that because of all the overtime I was doing again so to the they, short staff So did they assess you for HAP on the basis of 
all of the work that was done during COVID and the extra oh, hours. Yeah. And did you say oh, that yeah. that there were exceptional times and it's never like that normally? Yes, as a matter of fact, I had a councillor from the from the city hall itself inquiring this for me, and I got a letter back out to the house literally a week before Christmas to tell me that I was refused it because I went so much over the limit. No, it wasn't that much either over oh, the limit. Man, and did they but, know that they were basing the HAP grant on the basis of all of the extra work that you guys? did in hospitals during COVID? They never mentioned anything about that to me. They just sent me out the letter. But you you Yeah, but you told them about that. Oh, I sent it to the council about, you know, this is why, you know, this is this is why it's gone up the limits because I've been doing a serious amount of overtime. So what did you do? Um, did you leave the property then eventually, was it? I left the property I left the property um only about two months ago. Because I genuinely, I genuinely couldn't afford it anymore. Where did you go? I moved in with a friend uh, for a while, but I mean that's not exactly ideal for me. Like for me, when I when I come when you, when you come home from work after a twelve hour shift, all you want is your bed. I have like a, a two seater, you know, and then you're having to wait to wait for your friends to go to bed so you can lay down. It's, it's horrific. Oh my God! So you're on the couch and you can't go to bed till everybody else has left the sitting room and gone to bed themselves. Yeah. Oh man! Basically, you know. Um, and are you still doing twelve-hour shifts? I still do twelve-hour shifts. Are you not exhausted though? Worn out? I, I am exhausted. This this is why it's this is why it's come to this point. You know where I have to talk to yourself to get it out there. You know, it's very frustrating because I mean, if you see like the way they're taking others into the country. And I don't begrudge, you know, um, the help the help and hand that they're giving to other countries, but like it's very frustrating, Neil, when I know. when Daryl Owen is looking for help and this is what you're being told. This I is am, the way the, cro- the cookie crumbles. I am it. hearing that so much these days, more than ever. There isn't a day goes by that I don't hear people saying the system is I, broken, that it actually is discriminatory in the sense that no disrespect it to is, people who are fleeing war, but they're treated better when they come here looking for help, and they're treated faster. There's no, no denying. Yeah, you know, I know. Again, this. No, again, you know, um, I don't begrudge anybody like uh, a helping hand. I mean, Jesus, we're all human, you know. But start helping your own, you know. Okay. It's, it's an absolute disgrace. It's heartbreaking. Now, you presented to homeless services only recently. I did. I think, I only very recently. Myself only very recently, um, I presented myself to Simon, which was which was very disgraceful for but, me. But um, before, but before that, before that, I, I I thought that homeless services refused to help, refused to provide emergency accommodation, and is it true recommended a hostel? Is it? No, no. Um, I, I spoke with with uh, a guy in 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 Simon who he would. He was very nice and very and very helpful. He he told me to go to this place called APF, which I had no idea about. So I said fine. But when I went there, I didn't get I didn't get a lot of help from them. They basically told me I showed them I, the letters that I had for the refusal that I got, and I was actually taken back off the counter list, which I didn't even know, which I didn't even know. Of. And she told me. No, you're, you're gone over the limits. There was nothing we could do here. And basically, that was it. 
she wasn't really helpful, if, if I'm being honest with you. Yeah, APS is the homeless services within Cork City Council. Did they yeah. refuse to help you with regards to emergency accommodation? Um, she she told me that I could go to Sheila's hostel. That was the only place that she mentioned to me. So I said, that's fine. I said, do we help me with this? And she said, no. So they just recommended the address of a hostel. But they just said recommended they... the address, exactly. Okay. But wouldn't help you financially? Not at all. Okay. And was it at that point then that you went down to Anderson's Quay? No, I was at the in Anders- Anderson's Quay a few days before that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, but he was after he was after telling me to go there in the next in the next couple of days, which I did. So I basically spoke with her less less than ten minutes. She wasn't very helpful, if I'm being honest. Did you ask her why they wouldn't help you? Oh, they just kept going by the um, you know the letter that I showed them, the refusal, the refusal of uh, the asking. I was gone over the limit, and that was it. <laughs> so I mentioned to her then. This is what the guy told me from Simon. For the the, the amount that the amount is, is thirty five thousand that you can you can't go above that limit. Yeah, I know. But what I was told in Simon in recent in recent weeks that they were after increasing that by thirty three percent. So when I stated that to her in APS, she told me that that didn't apply to Cork as of yet. Oh, really? Does it apply to other parts of the country? Uh, it applies to other, other places in, in the country, but it hasn't been approved, if you say, in Cork, yes. That's okay. what she said to me. So what, 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 what's your plan now? I don't have a plan. That's, that's the thing, Neil. You know, um, I'm kind of on a standstill, you know. I don't know where to go from this. Yeah, the, the maximum income has increased, you say, but not in Cork. By Tur- yeah, I, I, I was looking at the, I was looking at the maximum table of of income just ahead of our chat, and it, there does seem to be a difference between Cork and Dublin for some reason. And I'm open to correction on this. It may well be for a family uh, thirty five thousand in Cork, forty two thousand in Dublin. Now those figures could be old, you know. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's what that's what she said to me. Um, this is not in Cork as of yes. Yes. So, will you have? Do you think you'll go? Have to go back to Simon into the Simon community and go to work from there to the hospitals? I don't know. I don't know, Neil. I really don't know. Yeah, you you must feel very bitter having worked through COVID and seen so many people sick in hospital and, it is, and dying. It is, it is, it is very frustrating. And helping know, families you, you, as you did, whose loved ones were passing away. I mean, you really were frontline. Yeah, no. You know. It's, I was, yes, I still am. Um, it's, I mean, even to listen to some patients, I mean, I deal with a lot of Simon in A&E, as, in, as you can imagine, and when you listen to their stories, and then I have my own story that people actually don't know about, it is, it's heartbreaking, and it's very frustrating. It must be, you know, going out of your way to help people in their time of need during awful times, and then not getting any help when you turn looking for help yourself. But yet, seeing others it's, automatically, and again, you know, they're not taking, you know, any, they're not taking anything. They're, they're, these um, are things that are being uh, offered to them, whether it's a medical card, whether it's social welfare, whether it's children's allowance, whether it's hotel bedrooms and all of their meals. No disrespect to them, but nobody offered you anything. Neither are they offered everything, you know. And then you, then you have 
you have the likes of them complaining of what they're getting, you know, because I, I've been reading this and, you know, I can't, I can't even get, I can't even get a, 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 like a bedroom from them, let alone. Yeah. And, yeah. you know. I'd say, I'd say you might, would, you, would it work out if you got a house share? What do you think of that? A house share. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Where well, you, you went in with two or, th- two or three other people who were renting. You see, this, you see, this is the thing like with the, the house share and because you're working with COVID, you get a lot of people that are kind of a bit drawn back from that, if you say, um, because they, I suppose they're afraid in case you bring COVID into the house because you work in a hospital. I mean, like I've, I've viewed a few places and never get a call back because they're frightened to the fact that you work in a hospital. I know, yeah. But are those, but you know? surely the, those days are behind us now, are they, Michael? The whole mass amount of people in hospital with COVID, is it still an issue? Of course it is. Okay. Of course it is. Okay. I mean, even, like, even, even, like, the house that I'm living in, like, there's, like, paranoia going on here as well, you know, which is, which is understandable. Yeah. You, you don't want to outstay your welcome. No, I don't. You know, and this like this is this is why I'm at this point. You know, like I certainly wouldn't come on a, a radio station if I didn't think things were were so serious. You know. Yeah, it seems it seems very unfair considering who you are, where you're from, and what you've done. I have to say, are, did you want? To, is this conversation about highlighting what's going on, or are you looking for help from the public? Well, it, well, it needs to be highlighted uh, as well, uh, Neil. But I, I. I do require help with this as well, you know, because I feel I'm getting nowhere, you know, and mentally it's, it is affecting me, you know. So, like, given the job that I do, you need to be going in there with, well, not, not 100% clear head, nobody has 100% clear head, but you need to have some sort of clear mind going into doing that, that kind I of know, a job, you, need, you know. I know, you and, need a better quality of life than this. Like, you don't want yeah, to be going into a hospital from Simon, like, not at all. Yeah. No, I mean, there are some days, like, because of the situation that I'm in, when when I get up in the morning, I don't feel like going to work at all, you know? Yes, listen, you're in a bit of a predicament and a bit of a pickle, all right, and it looks as if your own don't want to know. You'd never, and when I say your own, Cork or Ireland, if there's anybody listening that may be in a position to help you, I'll put them in touch with you, okay? Thank you, Nick. You're welcome. But will you stay in touch with me as well and let me know if there's any developments or updates? Absolutely. Okay. It might be worth a call to City Hall as well to get a councillor to make another call on your behalf after this conversation, all right? Yes, no problem. Okay, Michael, thanks for taking the call. Try and keep your chin up, all right? Thanks a million, Neil. Thanks for taking the call. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Tough times from, for sure. Hospital porter can't get help. Worked all through... Uh, lockdown, went to work, they all did 12-hour shifts and they dealt with an awful lot of people's pain and suffering and mental turmoil in hospitals and they worked their way through it and that's the consequences of it. Uh, go to Simon or book yourself into Sheila's Hostel. Text 0868104106 on that one uh, if you have a comment or indeed you might be able to help out Michael. Meanwhile, I was talking earlier on this morning about uh, the strong interest in, say, for instance, uh, Debenhams, uh, the work being done in the Merchant's Key Shopping Centre, stuff like that. Uh, Tommy Barker, the property editor of the Examiner, describes Cork City Centre's landscape as being a battered retail 
landscape and it could have been thrown a lifeline now with the possible developments of uh, Debenhams and Merchantsky. Battered retail landscape interested me. Uh, you guys have been talking about that. Not for the first time. Parts of the city are very tired looking. There's no getting away from that. And for God's sake, please stop going on about the English market, will you? It's getting embarrassing the way you go on about it. It's not the only place to visit in Cork. No, it's not actually. McCurtain Street is another area that has been seriously turned around. I mean, it's astonishing the difference up there. Uh, it is a retail hub now. It's very much for socialising. But socialising and hospitality is in itself a form uh, of, of retail. And McCurtain Street, Anytime I drive through it, and I was in there on a Tuesday night, because I went to Thompson's, the bar and restaurant in Thompson's. What a class act. Must have been big investment went in to that bar restaurant. It really is fabulous. A class act, super staff, great food. You know, your wings and your, your burgers and your pizza and your cocktails. But the real added attraction is they got a microbrewery in the back of it and they're brewing away mad in their big, huge vats. Uh, cotton ball beer and lagers and IPAs and stuff like that. It's fabulous to see uh, businesses like that. And I know that it's thriving. And McCurtain Street is. I've never been to town much. I'm not a town goer. But when there was free parking for a couple of hours, I did go in there more than ever before. Like, why would I go to town and pay for parking when I can go to a shopping centre with free parking and plenty clean toilets? Yeah, interesting. Um, Other people are saying things like, the city looks shabby. uh, And if you can't see that, you're in denial, Neil. The whole place needs a power wash and a paint Uh, Look at the absolute state of Parliament Bridge as an example. Uh, Another few, just with regards to your conversation about the city and shops, a lot of the premises are old and you will not get planning permission without a fire escape. It's a non-runner. I know as we tried with our premises on Patrick Street and failed. Stop comparing us uh, to Dublin. There's no comparison whatsoever. Dublin is huge and Cork City Centre is tiny by comparison. But maybe that's why uh, it's so lovely, because of the compactness of our city centre. But Pat says Cork is a tired city. Looks fairly run down. I blame the council for an awful lot of it. Cars aren't welcome in the city anymore. I mean, look at the amount of roadworks that are going on at the moment. Council will hound businesses for rates, but will allow derelict building owners to get away with it. What a joke calling an area the Victorian Quarter. Couldn't we come up with a more modern name? Or maybe the name of an Irish hero? I could go on and on. Go up Oliver Plunkett Street at night night, and see how many of the lovely lights they put on the footpaths a number of years ago. Check how many of them are still working. Um, Ireland, not just Cork, is great at doing things, but follow us up on nothing when it comes to maintenance. I worked on North Main Street years ago and it was a great street. Now look at it. It's a disgrace. And the open businesses are being left down by the council. No support. Uh, Give anything to a politician and they'll break it. Um, If you want to see how it should be in our city centre, look at La Ramblas in Barcelona. Cork City Centre needs a full regeneration. Fully pedestrianised Patrick Street. Have street markets. Have music. Use the empty shops in conjunction with UCC and CIT. Let young students use their imagination on our city centre. They study things like fashion, they study things like engineering and hotel management. They could have the heart of the city buzzing again if we gave it to our students. If you don't look after the heart of your city, all around you fails. And one or two more ahead of the break, councillors should hang their head in shame. The city is crumbling. Footpaths and roads are in bits. Uh, no curb, no drop curbs, no road markings, no bins, landscaping and hardscaping. Mass concrete. 
Visit Kilkenny or Waterford or Killarney to see how to develop city centre areas. Uh, the roads are the worst city centre roads in any city in Ireland. And in Cork City Centre, we have a huge dereliction problem. The council needs to wake up quickly or risk losing the magic of Cork City as we all know and wish for. And there's more than that, which I'll come back to throughout the course of the morning. Text 0868104106. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818104106. Cork's Red FM. I'll go to the phone lines in a second. Can I just mention we have a Twitter poll up at the moment. It's a flag poll, if you like. A flag poll. Get it? Because yesterday morning, the county mayor, Danny Collins, Danny Collins was telling us that he wasn't entirely happy with the move to put the tricolour at half-mast for the passing of Queen Elizabeth. Elizabeth uh, II. So we're asking a question on Twitter and we'll across today um, as to whether or not the flag should stay up or go to half-mast. If you have an opinion on that and you would like to either tick yes or no, stay up or leave it at half, or leave it up or put it to half-mast, then you can vote on our Twitter poll on the Neil Prendival Twitter page right now. Um, I'll say no more about it. Uh, it's interesting to see the responses coming in. I might touch base on where it's at just before midday uh, today. So should the flag stay up or go to half-mast? Go to my Twitter page and you can vote for yourself. Meanwhile, um, the Ukrainian hub at Merchants Key Shopping Centre has now reopened. Uh, it was closed. They were checking out as to whether or not it was legal. They must have got legal advice that allowed them to reopen it again. You might remember my conversation on air with Derek Bly, who went in there uh, looking to pick up some different items there, but was refused because he wasn't Ukrainian. That led to it being uh, closed down temporarily. But they have now reopened it, um, and uh, people of Ukrainian descent fleeing war in Ukraine can go in there nothing has changed I don't believe anybody else is allowed to take anything unless they're Ukrainian Martina good morning good morning and what do you make of that that the hub is open again I know it's shocking I think like it should be open for our own homeless and the only people in need Um, it's, it's our own people need Needs a shop like that. Do you think that anybody should be able to go in there in need? Of course, of course. Yeah. Neil, I know I commented there in a while yesterday. Yeah. Um, there was ho- three houses together in Fairhill. It was belonged to the brothers and the man. It was actually sold. And the Ukrainians are in there. Three separate three homes, houses. is it? No, there are three houses together, yeah. Okay. There the are nine bedrooms. Okay. Next to each it other. Owned yeah, it's okay. across from the post office. And who, who was living in there? The brothers from the mine. Up until when, do you know? I think it was last year. Okay. The time was going so quick, no, I can't remember. And you know, was it, it was were they sold. bought by the council or were they bought privately, do you know? Privately, okay. privately. Okay. And they have a flag up on the roof. And when, when I was passing, there was two pallets of a drink outside our doors. Two pallets. I said, quits yesterday in the comment. But it was actually pallets. But your pallets are enormous. Pallets. And it was huge, yeah. Ah, come on, Martina. Unless I saw a photograph of that now. I was going to take a video of it, but there was a few outside the door and I was kind of saying, no, I couldn't in case they give out to me. What kind of drink were you you looking at? I I saw now Coors Light and I saw Cider. And there was a lot of other drinks in that room, but I didn't want to be... 
Yeah, you know, I, I, as, as I say, I'd need to see it with my own eyes to believe something of that magnitude yes, and size, I know. right? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But see, I passed in two days after, but they have the gate locked there sometimes. And how do you know? Then, how do you know who's living in there by virtue of oh, fact oh, that the flag? They have the flag and all up on the top, right? Up the roof. Yeah. So that accommodation yeah. wasn't provided by city council or anything. It's no, 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 pri- no. Private, but possibly private. paid for by the state, maybe. Yes. Okay. Yes. And and how many mm. people are in there? They're families. Um, I didn't see any children. There was um, men and women inside there. Men of no, what kind of age? Cars and motorbikes. I'd say in their thirties, the two I saw. Right. So if mm. we if we hopped in a car now and went up there, that's what we'd yeah. see, is it? That's what you see. In Fairhill. In Fairhill. Yeah. yeah. It's on the right hand side in Fairhill. So you don't know that they might just be other people who have just put up a Ukrainian flag. No, no, they're Ukraine. They're talking Ukraine, even though I don't know. I understand them, you know. Yeah, yeah. But I'm after hearing from other people that the noise they're making at night inside there, probably having parties and everything. So they're not short of money. You think that they bought all that drink or were given all that drink? I, that's what I said. They probably got it for free. Are you? Are you telling me hundred percent the truth here? Now you're not making this up. Oh. or... Egg in no, the pudding. No, no, no. I'm not, no. No, if you've got Fair Hill now, the pallets are probably gone in. They probably got it delivered that day. But I'd love to know if there's somebody around that area that saw the pallets going in. Yeah. I mean, if you said, you know? there, were, if you said there were college students, I would say something. But I uh, no, these are Ukrainians, yeah. Okay, all right. Mm. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to um, see that with my own eyes. Probably too late to see... Oh, it is, I say, it's the too late drink. to see. But see, they have cars and everything. Like, where are they getting the money for all that? What cars? Like they came from a rich country, not and, a poor country. And what what are the car regs outside the house? Obviously, I didn't take much notice. I didn't. Okay, yeah. I didn't, no. You know, that no. you, you can understand why I find it very hard to believe. Do yeah, Yeah. No, but it is, it is the... Um, the Ukraines are in there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What you know, f- look at the comments below. Like they have to put our own homeless and put in them Ukraines. Were there other people living in there that were moved out? In where? In those three homes th- through three. No, houses? they were actually doing them up. They were doing them up. Okay. They were doing them up. Yeah. Okay. Okay. No, they could have rented out. No, to the Ukraines. I don't want my airbox. Well, the Ukrainians hardly are paying the rent because that's being provided for them. I know, yeah. of course. And you're unhappy with that, are you? Because of the find the way we find ourselves trying yes, to survive we and we're Irish. Own, you know, yeah. Well, I, yeah. You know, like they're not paying no bills, you know, no gas bills or ASB and rent. Like I, like I pay my bills there in the GPO every week. And you actually see a lot of them inside the GPO and they're making, they're doing money transfers. Yeah, well you, can you, you identify know? who those people are and what country they're from? They could be any Eastern European country. They could be, you know, from anywhere in the world sending money no, home. No, no. There's a lot, a lot of them around. No. 
Do you not think we should be helping people who are fleeing Russian invasion? Oh, I know. I think it was terrible. And actually, I bought some clothes myself and I sent it into the hub at the start. But no, I'm not doing it anymore. We have to look after our own. Okay. They, um, like there should be a shop around for our own. Okay. Yeah. That they could win and pick up something that they want for their children and stuff. Yeah, well, we have we do have you know? St. Vincent de Paul. We have Cork Simon. We have Homeless yes. Help. We have Support Cork. We have... Penny dinners doing fantastic work. They oh, don't ask. They don't yes, ask to yes. look at your passport. They just help anyone. They do. I you know. know so it's yes, it's not as yes. if there's nothing there. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I was just fuming in my overdose houses and fair All right. Well, look, I'm going to have to check that out ourselves because that's um, that's an incredible thing to say. Appreciate it. it. Thanks so and much, Martin. Houses are beautiful houses. Okay. Stay on the phone there. We get a more. Uh, accurate area of Fair Hill from you so we can go and visit alright cheers for now Yeah. Okay. thanks for that Christian good morning uh, morning Neil ok my friend what do you want to make uh, what do you make of that for instance uh, I can't make much of a comment on it really because I didn't see it yeah you'd need and to you'd need to see it with your own eyes to believe it crates crates now no sorry pallets of drink yeah anyway what's look, on, you, what's on yeah. your mind go ahead I was just making a comment back yesterday when I heard the lads on yesterday and they were on about, like, you have to jump through so many loops to get any sort of payment in this country when you're Irish. Well, you heard Michael now, you heard Michael this morning, who's a hospital porter, worked all the way through COVID, did huge amounts of um, overtime. And on the basis of the overtime through COVID, he can't get any help whatsoever, any help whatsoever uh, from any state agency, including City Hall. And does that surprise you or anybody else in this country? This it doesn't actually. It's heartbreaking that that sometimes they can be very Neil, they can be very cold. Neil, I've been through every scenario. I know you could think of in the last ten years, regardless host, regarding hosing, you name it, up to the point of where this country lets you down at every point. No wonder all our youths are leaving or have no interest in whatsoever. And you wonder why then that countries. And why people become racist. Because governments nearly turn people racist against people. People aren't born racist. Mm. Mm. Do you get where I'm coming from? Yeah, if you're helping your... one minority over your own, and then you're turning people racist, which is not naturally born in people. People grow up watching soccer players of all nationalities mm. and races and idolise them. Mm. And then they come to a certain point in their life where they might turn racist. And you'll be saying, how did that happen? Where did that spoil from? And you can see probably why. Their treatment and their life experience makes people bitter. Yeah. So you can wonder, you you seem to see, you tend to see then why there's more racism towards people. And people are never born racist. It comes from somewhere. And you'll be trying to think to yourself through your whole life, where does it come from? Because it's not naturally. And then, uh, and then you hit a certain point in your life when you can actually see why racism comes in. And it's actually shocking that it, it actually comes from your own state. But you know, a lot of the stuff before was, was, a lot of it was rubbish about what people were getting when they came here. You know, people were in um, emergency accommodation and they were in um, direct provision and things like that. And People were making claims that they were getting everything for nothing when they weren't. Do you remember all of that stuff? Um, that wasn't necessarily yeah. fair on people who were coming from, you know, Africa, for instance. 
everybody is entitled to a fair, a fair standard of living, regardless where it is in the world's world. Even if they have to come here, for, yeah, they get help. We have no problem helping them. But why do they have a problem helping their own? That's yeah. what I can understand. Well, the, the, the reaction that I've been getting over the last couple of months is exactly that. There's an ever-growing amount of people a lot more disquiet now over where we find ourselves at as Irish people and how others were, were fast-tracked with all of the different services that the Irish struggle. I mean, you, you, you probably had that experience in your own life, did you? I still have that experience because I'm a part of the one stuck in the hair place between not allowed to have a council house and not allowed to have enough to buy an actual house to live in. They'll give you enough to buy a shed, all right, but they won't give you enough to do the shed up. They won't even leave you buy the shed because you need an engineer's report to sign off on it and how much work needs to be done to bring it to a standard of living. This country is a joke. Yeah, yeah. An absolute joke. Did you ever think of... 15 years in the HSE is a backlog to clear all appointments or whatever. The one... The youths will be gone. If do you, you know hear about, the, them, do you about the mobile surgical theatres that they're putting into the car park? They're going to have surgery in mobile theatres in the CUH car park. Uh, another uh, fast fashion or uh, was flash fashion pan is it? Something that's going to be just a quick fix and end up costing millions and get us nowhere again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you ever think of going and leaving yourself? If I didn't have four kids, yeah, and it would probably be a better option. And how are you surviving anyone, with the four kids? Working yeah. hard, yeah, paying astronomical rents and astronomical bills, yeah. But you can you can still pay astronomical rents and bills, but still, in all, you're not entitled to a mortgage that's probably half of what you're paying in your rent and your bills. Isn't that sickening? If you were in your own house. Yeah, isn't it sickening the dead money on rent? You, you can prop you can prop up the rich and everybody else and make them more wealthy. But when you go to get your foot in the door and just have a roof over your head, it's two fingers you and pay me more tax. You might as well sit on a dildo in a loop because that's the way this country is. All right, well that's an interesting way of putting it. Um, but back to the point. Well, it is, and I, anybody else out there would probably agree with me. That's okay. what you're doing. You're okay. just going out on a daily basis. For nothing. Okay. Let's get other thoughts on it. Thanks, Christian. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. Back after 10. I'm Lana O'Connor. Red FM News is first for local, national, and international news. And you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on redfm.ie. Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Just briefly, in other news, Petrol Watch continues. Is it just me? Am I the only one that automatically is constantly looking and comparing petrol prices? Um, I feel sorry for anybody to drive in a diesel car. You were sold a bit of a pup there, weren't you? Thinking that we used to be cheaper. Diesel used to be much cheaper. Somebody says to me, the cheapest petrol place for petrol now is the Southlink Road at 172.9. It's not... Maybe in the city centre is one of the cheapest, but uh, some uh, eager, e- eager beaver has sent me a screenshot of Whitechurch, um, which is one of the top oil uh, petrol stations in Whitechurch, and the unleaded there is 169.9. Now, it's still mad expensive, but nowhere near ma- as mad as expensive as it was, say, a month or two months ago. 169.9 in Whitechurch. Can anybody beat that? Text 0868 pick up the phone on 0818 on the battered 
uh, retail landscape of Cork City Centre. I was in the city with a friend recently. We noted the dirty streets, the chewing gum, the weeds, the needles, the general litter, the tired-looking shops that needed painting or indeed just occupation, vagrants drinking openly and not a copper in sight throughout our visit. It literally is a dirty old town. Um, I was in town twice uh, recently. I paid nine sixty each day for parking. Utter madness. There's no women's clothes shops left. Oliver Plunkett Street is nice. I agree with you there. But there are awful vape and phone shops everywhere. And people clearly out of it on drink and drugs. I won't be running back. I don't have to. I don't have the answer. Just give them my two cents on the current state of affairs. If you want to see how things can be done, you've said it yourself in the past. Look at Ballancolig. I work there. It is everything and good traffic flow. Meanwhile, Glanmire needs to put its socks up. Terrible traffic congestion. A constant traffic jam. Now, after the work in Kettle Roundabout is done, I'm sure that that will be freed up. Town all the way. I live in Limerick and I absolutely love coming home and walking around our beautiful city on a Saturday. The best part for me is the Winthrop Arcade. My six-year-old son loves it too, says Grace, who listens constantly in Limerick. After I was in Thompson's on Tuesday night, we walked home and it was getting dark and when we were crossing the bridges, it was dark and all the lights on the bridges were up and you could look up uh, the Lee all the way up past Mary Elms Bridge and then to Patrick's Bridge and the bridges. I have to say the city looked beautiful with all of the lights on. Uh, but I get it from a retail perspective. It's entirely different. And one final one. Bob, the, Bobby the Proud Nori says, when I was growing up in the 70s, there was very little difference between, say, Douglas or my own home place of Blackpool, he says. Now the two are poles apart. Maybe it's the fact that Southside councillors outnumber their Northside counterparts by 18 to 12. All the councillors in the Northside should be removed. Blackpool is the council's dumping ground. You'd be hard-pressed to see wheelie bins in Thomas Davis Street and the dumping on the street, especially on a Sunday night, is an insult to Blackpool natives, says Bobby. Um, it's tired and run-down looking. Loads of housing estates are going up with no playgrounds, no amenities in the areas now. There's no pride in Cork anymore. No one sweeps up outside their doors like they used to. Uh, and there's more like that, which I'll come back to. Could do with a bit of good news and a bit of com- positive news. Thank you to people who have been getting in touch this morning, including those that have been sending me photographs and screen grabs of that particular uh, three-house location in Fairhill. Now, photograph that I have of it, it's a gated community. The three houses are all together and they're behind gates. So it's private, if you like. Um, just past the house in Fairhill, the gates are closed but the Ukrainian flag is certainly up. Um, and many other people then talking about that as well. Let me get back to the phone lines, if you don't mind, and come back to text again throughout the course of the morning. Sarah, good morning. Hi, how are you? Thanks for holding. I'll get back to text, but I was keen to talk to you because you find yourself in... You know, it's interesting. Christian says people are not born racist, but it's their experiences that make them bitter. Uh, what's your own situation? Well, I have two kids. Well, I have Callum. Uh, he was born sick. Well, I was actually talking to you before about Callum uh, when I was doing all the protests. And you know something? I remember his name. Yes. Yeah. 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 So with Callum, um, so I'm trying to fight to get him assessed now for ADHD. I've been told I'd be waiting three to four years to get him assessed. Yeah, unless you went privately, of course. That's the thing. But I looked into private and I can't because a psychologist can't. They can diagnose, but if he needs medication, they can't give the medication. It's only through CAMS where 
I can get him assessed. But if you got the private diagnosis, then you can take that to CAMS, can't you? No. Okay. No. All right. Okay. No, it has to be true. All them. I've, I've been. I was getting a headache. I had a headache all the other day. Being on the phone, ringing everyone, and so for that crucial for know. that crucial intervention, you're told three to five years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And he's thirteen in February. But do you believe that if you weren't Irish asking for the? Do you really believe if you weren't Irish asking for the same service, it would be faster? It would. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tell me why you uh, why you believe that. Well, I've I've seen uh, a post came up on Facebook saying that all the Ukrainians who are coming in that they are going to be seen by psychologists and psychiatrists. Um, and if they have any diagnosis or anything, then that they're going to be seen for But your Facebook, um, Twitter, like you don't believe was everything. On, uh, was it the RT news Facebook page or it could have been your Facebook page? Oh, you saw it, it on I a news channel, it. okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. Saying that they'd yeah. get automatic, immediate medical intervention. Yeah. yeah, and here I am, 12 years down the road, still fighting for my child to find out what's wrong with him. Okay, what and did, it, yeah, did they say that they would get immediate psychological evaluation as well? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And okay. that's what I need for my son. Okay. But I need for Callum, yeah. And that um, would be immediate, but you'd be three to five years. See how Christian yeah. says that people, people become what they are because of the bitterness of the experiences they have to go through in their own lives. You know, it's, it's kind of true what he's saying. Yeah. yeah, and then down in their school then... Uh, with the parent was saying it to me, she was talking to uh, the principal, and they're the Ukrainian kids. They actually are getting a teacher for five hours for five days, where I'm here fighting to try and get things placed for Callum. Um, are, you, are you talking about a special needs teacher? Is it or an assistant? No, no, no. Just a, a teacher coming in for five hours for five days, and where. Callum needs needs a one to one because his concentration isn't good. So like he constantly needs to have someone looking over him and be next to him to make sure that he is doing his work and he's not he's he's not losing his concentration yeah. basically because he can start looking around and he could forget what he was doing. I know. But I he know. needs yeah. he needs that one to one. Or I can't get it because Callum doesn't have a background where what needs to have. He have he have to fall under this bracket. So you must feel very frustrated, though, how the system can move so fast. I mean, notwithstanding, if if Ukrainian children are here, they have to go to school, don't they? They can't be just lounging around all day. They need to go to school. Yeah, you know, obviously, all kids have to go to school, but they should be treated the same as the Irish kids who are in the school before them. Yeah, they, like they all should be treated the same. Like they shouldn't be singled out. Like the same way, like I, because I'm actually after emailing all the team. Yeah. I'm after they email me, Hall Martin, and everyone yeah. because of Callum having a hidden disability. Kids out in the park, kids in school, they won't play with him. Won't they? They're calling him a weirdo. They're calling him a retard. All these things because he has a hidden disability. People don't understand that. Like if people, has he any like, friends at all? Surely some of them are calling no. to him. No, he had one and turned everyone against him. I started calling him all names. Did they call him retired to his face and everything? Yeah. Does he tell you these things? Yeah, yeah. And that he's a weirdo and 
George, they just don't, they don't want to have nothing to do with him because he has a hidden disability. But yet again, if the kids, got, like the Ukrainian kids, if they got masks, they get, oh, your child is a racist. I've been called down into the schools straight away. But, like, I think things need to change. Kids who have a hidden disability, they should be treated. The same people should learn about kids with hidden disabilities. Well, I've just been, we've just been looking here, at least Kevin has, at uh, special education teachers and also SNA supports, and they do exist. For instance, a school with 10 Ukrainian children will get five additional hours per week of a special education teacher and that goes up and up then depending on how many Ukrainian students are in the classrooms. It's amazing how they were able to find all of this now and couldn't find it before. Certainly yeah, with regards to I, special needs assistance. Because I got told because Callum didn't fall under the bracket at the time because we didn't have a diagnosis. We still don't have a diagnosis. We know he has a learning disability but he still doesn't fall under that bracket for his own SNA. Yeah. So there's yeah. one SNA in the class but she's assigned to another child or she's not assigned to Callum, where I need to constantly need to ask for that SNA to help Callum as well. I know. Like she, but it's just hard. I know I have Kyle, who has been diagnosed with dyslexia, um, which I had to fight and pay privately myself to get it done because I wasn't getting nowhere. For, because if I had to wait to get it done in school, he, he's been in fifth class. I know, it done. I know. And the early years intervention are the most important. I know, I know, I know. And it's very hard. And like, oh, I don't know. I, I just I just think the Irish kids are just being left behind and kids with disabilities, kids with hidden disabilities, they're just thrown to one side. They just, they, they just don't care about them. Okay, all right. That's my... Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Sarah. Stay in touch. Uh, it gets harder and harder for me to defend the policies of the government because they give me very little to work with, I have to say. And I take so many calls and text from people who uh, feel uh, differently. Uh, meanwhile, text 0868104106. Timmy, good morning. Thanks for holding. Hi, Neil. How are you? I'm good. Uh, you were working out the finances behind this. Is that right? Yeah. Um I just was doing a bit of Googling and I came across um, uh, Michael McGrath's department's uh, mid-year review. Uh, his department is expenditure and public reform. From, say, a three-month period you were looking at in particular? Yeah, I, I just, well, essentially, um, it's kind of over a six-month period, the review, so it's into July. So, um, essentially, uh, chapter two of the review, uh, paragraph 2.5, says U- Ukrainian humanitarian expenditure. And the figure is 0.2 billion. So I did my calculations based on the Russians went over the border into Ukraine on the 24th of February. So, But that puts a figure of 200 million. That seems very high. That's in... That's in the government. I, I sent in the, the document to you. Anyway, okay, so you have all right. I'll take it. Okay, I haven't seen it. Yeah. Go on. Yeah, yeah. So 0.2 billion, 200 million, that's correct. And on aggregate, if you kind of aggregate the refugee flow, which, you know, nobody's against people fleeing war. I'm just making a, uh, a numerical point. Um, essentially, it, I did a calculation over three months uh, based on an RT figure of actual... Um, Ukrainian refugees in the country, which is thirty-seven thousand five hundred. Yeah, I divided I divided that into the point two billion, 
and I came up with a figure for a family of four per month works out at 7,111 uh, euros. Yeah, but that 7,000 now would include paying a hotel for bedrooms, paying for the bedrooms, paying for the food in the hotels, probably the amount of money on social welfare and children's allowance as well, yeah? Absolutely. They're li- that's, that's what they're living on, yeah. 7,111 euros. But I wonder how much of that 200 million is actually coming in aid from the European Union? Well, if it's coming in aid from the European Union, my grandchildren will be paying it off. Right. So my point is, is that the average Irish family is living on about 4,000 to 5,000 euros a month to live on net, and, and a less, less even, that's, that's lower middle class figures. So in the, in the brass tax, just looking at it as take-home pay per month, a, f- a family of four uh, Ukrainian refugees are coming out with about 2,000 to euros better off than, than, um, than an indigenous Irish family. Okay. And, okay. What do you think of that point. then? Uh, what do I think of it? I think um, I think I uh, obviously I'm not opposed to uh, supporting anybody coming from uh, a war-torn country, but I think I think I think the the, the system, the the governmental elites uh, in this country are taking the Irish people for a mug. Mm. Yeah, I'm just. Uh I don't know I about listen the, to your radio, I listen to your radio show every morning. Like, a mug because everything could happen so quickly and so efficiently in a time of a so-called when, war when emergency. Where there's a will, there's a way. No, just to add into it, we're a neutral country. Would you agree with that, Neil? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So why is there a Minister for Foreign Affairs going out, taking sides in an international conflict? Like, So Simon, Simon Coveney has reiterated his support for Ukraine, and that's, that's grand. But as a neutral country, I think we we would be we'd be better off being an impartial peace broker than taking sides in this conflict. Did, so that would lead on to not taking any refugees from Ukraine at all, would it? No, not necessarily. No, no, no. Sure, we took refugees in the Second World War and everything, like you know. So um, my point is, is not not that refugees were that's humanitarian. That's aside from taking sides. In this global conflict, like which is going to escalate and it's going to spread into other countries in the next six to eight weeks, I'd say. Um, and essentially, um, just on one other point, that the uh, Russian foreign minister is talking very strongly about using thermonuclear weapons at the moment. Like, so this is a very serious conflict that that Europe is in. Hello. Yeah, he's been backed into a corner, you see, Putin. I don't want to necessarily get into the Russian-Ukraine uh, war, but uh, oh, yeah. it, it certainly yeah. seems as if the Ukrainians are taking back many, many thousands and thousands of acres of or square miles of land from the Russians. So you don't yeah. know how Putin might react to that. Well, my, my just from watching uh, geopolitical affairs, it's like if the Russians say they're going to do something, they generally do it, you know? So yeah, yeah. I'm going to take Lavrov, Lavrov um, the Russian foreign minister, on, on his word that he's going to melt the concrete of Europe. Um, that was a statement made this week by him. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. so in the grand scheme of things, Ireland would be better positioned as a peace broker and all this. And I and I I'm on air and, I, and I'm I'm I, I'm asking on air that Simon Coveney would, um, I suppose not trying to act the big man with all the globalists and start, you know, acting in the interest of the nation, which he's supposed to be doing under the Constitution. And another point is, 
that just to kind of finish, I'll finish up with this yeah, point. Yeah, I got other calls. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I'll finish up with this point, Neil. Is that when whenever anybody questions um, the inflow of migration into this country, one of the answers that comes back is that we're we're operating to our international commitments as a nation. Yeah, but there are different forms of migration now. There are economic migrants who come here to work and to live and rear a family. Yeah. There's refugees and asylum seekers who come here because they have to get out of their own country. I'm quite sure that a proportion of them are, are, are not here for genuine reasons and the idea is they should be deported. So, like, there's yeah, a lot of different types of migration. I think, like, if anybody just did a kind of, like, uh, anybody that listens to your show on a daily basis would agree that our country is in, in a number of crises. And I think that the government needs to refocus their commitment and start operating in the national commitments that they have for the people of this country okay. who are generational taxpayers, like, yeah. um, you know, and that have uh, ultimately, you know, uh, we're, we're uh, a, con- uh, a constitutional republic, Neil, and, you know, I think they need to start taking care of our own, ultimately. Okay, thanks for that. There are plenty of uh, charities, as Neil said, helping our own. I listed them out earlier on. Our texter does as well. Vincent DePaul, Simon, Homeless Help, Support Cork, Penny Dinners. It's not the fault of the Ukrainians that need help, but people are mad because where does this end? We're still taking in Ukrainians, even though we're struggling to house all who have come here already, along with the fact that our own people can't be helped at all or end up languishing on waiting lists. People are homeless and crying out to get houses, but it's like helping everyone else is more important than our own and they can just suffer on. The frustration is that for years, people on housing lists have been told there's no housing and no funding. Now suddenly thousands of homes have been found. Medical cards are given out for people from another country without the thought for cancer patients who get refused medical cards. Social welfare payments are given out too. Children's allowance, how far does it go? And does this sound fair to you? The government are in shambles. They've completely lost sight of reality. I'm so glad we could help those poor people, but it's time the government stopped acting like heroes and think logically and look after our own now too. Um, With regards to the hub reopening in Merchants Quay, it should be for everyone in need. Our own people are forgotten about and many are struggling. It seems as if the hub reopened under a different guise, slightly different guise. The volunteers said that they had to respond to the urgent needs of mostly women and children fleeing the brutal Russian invasion, uh, they told us. It has reopened now following a number of incidents and they say now that it is not a Ukrainian-only shop. It's not a shop anyway because everything in there is free. So it's not Ukrainian-only but a distribution centre dedicated to helping individuals who have fled the war. They say they will call the guards if any incidents are repeated in the future. That's the one difference. Uh, I take it every item in this hub is free for Ukrainians and understandably so. They need all the help and support they can get after what they've suffered. But I do have one question. Why? Are there no hubs offering free items to all nationalities in their country who are also desperate and need a support regardless of where they're from? Charity shops, you know, have hiked up prices making it even more difficult for people on low income to shop and to accommodate higher bill demands. And let's not forget about the volunteers who work this hub and all the charity shops all over Ireland. So here's a thank you to all the volunteers anyway for all your hard work and effort. Uh, the The hub should be for all who need it. If not, it starts resentment amongst people. Our government needs to realise they're working for us, not the EU. Is there a hub for our own homeless that need emergency supplies too? Not from fleeing war, but possibly still fighting, 
but to survive on the streets and fighting, as in fighting to survive and stay alive on the streets. I don't understand why some people have a problem with Ukrainians. They didn't want to come here. A lot of them were told they were coming here. Our government and the EU are the, are the ones that are fueling this hatred of Ukrainians by not supporting our own also. Of course I'm glad it's reopened. Delighted if we Corkonians can do anything to help, uh, says another texter. And one here, so Irish need not apply. Are we back to this again? Full sympathy for those in need and fleeing what's going on, but they're flying home every week or so and back again so that they can keep their benefits. Are the government stupid? Are we stupid? I mean, again, that's a text, but I got to wonder, is that true? Is that true that you have Ukrainian refugees who are here flying back and forth, I don't know, on Ryanair or whatever, back to Eastern Europe and coming back again to keep their benefit? Have we any proof of that? Text 0868104106. Finbar standing by. Paddy as well. Back after the break. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818104106. Cork's Red FM. And of course, meanwhile, you have 16 Cork County councillors going on a jolly a taxpayer's trip to Slovakia. Why? Well, they want to go and see how we can learn to become greener. I wonder, are we green enough as it is? Green between the gills, I'd say. Anyway, back to the phone lines. Finbar, good morning. Can you just turn that radio down, if you don't mind, Finbar, and I'll come back to you in a couple of seconds' time. But while that's happening, I'll just chat with Paddy Bullman, who hopefully has his radio down. Paddy, good morning. Hello, I have the radio down. Fair play to you, fair play to you. Okay, so the Ukrainian hub, Merchants Key, reopened uh, after attempts, successful yeah. attempts to have it closed. Um, yeah. What do you make of it? You see, what I make of it, I tell you, you see, you, you, mentioned, uh, you mentioned there yourself earlier on that, you know, we already have a network there to help people that are in need. That, that 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 do need need help, you know. Yeah. Uh, through you know Saint Vincent de Paul, Penny Dinners, all of that. And uh, you see, like in Ireland, we don't discriminate. That's that's the bottom line on this. I think you know. And like if I open if I open a shop, uh, I can't, for example, open a shop that serves Irish only. Yeah. Well. No, you, we, we, you... Let's, I know you want column hubs, and we can defend them all. We like. You know that these hubs, but in effect, what has happened is shops have been opened that discriminate in ethnicity. It serves only one ethnicity. You know, no, no. I mean, there are some super Polish shops and Eastern European food shops. I can go in there and buy in there. They don't stop me. Exactly. Exactly. Well, you hit the nail on the head there. There's plenty Polish shops and, as you say, all different shops. But I can go in there. Uh, they're not going to ask you for a passport when you're going in there mm. and check. You, any ethnicity can go in there. Any people, any people, any... But in the hub, you, can go in, there in, in the, the hub, hub you can't. can't go in. But it's not a shop. It you would go in there and get things for free. As long as you're, you belong to one particular ethnicity. You can't do it if you're Irish, for example. But then and again, why don't Cork don't people do or Irish people set up a hub where Irish people and Cork people can go in and get things for free? Why don't they just We do have it? them, as you say. We have that network already there. Sent into the Paul. We don't actually have a. We don't actually have a shop or a hub that takes everything right. and gives it My away to Irish. Right. We already have this network here to help people in need. Okay. Why could this not have been done through that network, where anybody, for whatever reason, whether you're fleeing from war, poverty, whatever, that you can go there to get what is needed? Why could we not have done that instead? What we have done, in effect, is created created uh, discri- uh, you know, so, uh, a shop because, you, yes, you call it home, call it what you like, but in, in effect, what it is, is a shop that discriminates. 
You know, so I mean, it's a, I tell you, it's a very stupid thing to do. You know, to, to do this. What reaction do, do, do you expect? Well, it's interesting because uh, it, uh, that's what Christian was saying earlier on. Um, for want know? of a better word, racism is not something we are born with, but become because of yeah, bitterness and experience yeah. at the hands yeah, of exactly. We, we we're not we're not. None of us are born. You know, with awareness of any difference in colour or creed or anything. We're all equal. But, you know, but, but, but up, way, until, but up until recently, a lot of that racism was a false narrative because an awful lot of the things that people were saying were lies. They were wrong, particularly about those who came here looking for help. I mean, this is yeah. entirely different. It gets harder yeah. and harder for me to push back with regards to uh, the speed of which we've reacted to help 50,000 people to come here when we couldn't have that kind of speed or efficiency when we needed it for our own. It's a hard one to... Yes, it's true. Uh, yes. you know? but, but I mean, it, but I mean, I'm looking at this here, and I'm thinking, uh, you, you know, I mean, you, surely, agree me, how stupid a move was it in the first place to, to do this and to not expect that, you know, not, and to not expect a strong reaction to this? Yeah. It, yeah. You see, so well, like, if Derek I mean, Bly goes Ireland, back in there again, um, looking to take something for children in need, um, they say they will call the guards if incidents like this are repeated in the future. He he probably yes. be quite happy if they called the guards actually. Yes, maybe uh, maybe it is a thing that would need to be taken up in courts and see because I mean in effect it doesn't matter he's walking into a shop that he is there to help people in need, but uh, as long as they're uh, you know from a certain ethnicity, in other words, he's been discriminated against in his own country. Yeah. So I agree with him. Yeah. In that way. Yeah. You know, it's causing and more hassle it's, than it's solving. I think you were saying. Yeah. It is absolutely causing. Okay. Look at look at the problems it's causing. You know. Okay. Okay. Let me talk to uh, let me talk to, to to Finbar. Thanks, Paddy. Cheers, Finbar. Good morning. No, not happening for me. So I'll come back to him when it is happening. You just check check that line because there seems to be feedback. If you care so much, people, for Cork homelessness and struggle. Uh, Get together yourselves, set up your own shops, leave this one alone, says one texter. Uh, another one says, very unkindly, send them all back home. Why did Merchants Key allow this to start off and give them a place in the middle of a shopping centre, getting the most foot traffic? Meanwhile, charity, another charity shop is languishing upstairs. I wanted to get offered the space first. So many people are just bigots uh, trying to have a go at the poor newcomers for no reason. The newcomers, not at fault for any of this, bless them. I personally hope they have a happy and fulfilled lives in their new homes in Ireland. Uh, I helped to run a group to help those who were in need. We had an emergency and needed to get clothes for a little baby. So we approached that hub in Merchants Quay because we were desperate. We were told no because we aren't Ukrainians. This was for a baby in the community. Also, we had many posts up saying that they were full and couldn't take any more clothes. Um, if they were full and take any more clothes, why couldn't they give some to us for this little baby? Thank you for those. Keep them coming. Text 086-8104-106. Uh, third time lucky. See how we go with this. Finbar. You hear me all right now? Is that any better? Yes. Yeah, go ahead, yes. Finbar. What's on your mind? Well, I'm just talking. You're just saying there about the case in there, Fair Hill. Okay, so we're looking at a particular area where there are three homes together. Can you tell me anything yes. about it? Yeah. yeah, well, a friend of mine was telling me there that it was the week previous that he see them. They must have been on their way in there at the time. And there was children there too, and mothers, and the best of buggies. That's the couple, and all, about six foot men, about four, four or five of them, more. They are handling, giving them a hand going in, no, no doubt. They're probably the hobbies. 
And I thought they were supposed to be worried about the country, all these guys. You don't know that they were Ukrainian men, though. They could uh, have been stop, there from the Red stop, Cross. Jesus Christ, like a, like a sore tongue, you just stand out. Stop. Right across me, I go over that. Right. Yeah, yeah but I'm saying, there, there you are. But I'm saying, and another query there. Ukraine, was there any pandemic near Ukraine? Yeah, there would, you mean COVID? Was there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah there was pandemic everywhere. Yeah, but I know, but I said, what they tested coming in here? That I don't, that I'm not sure. Yeah. I think there was a I medical... Was there, they're talking about that chap who can't get a test ever ago, they worked in the hospital. Yeah. What about the staff outside in the commons and the staff down in your hall? How were they walking around? How was they doing a walking house? Why would they walk out? They're, they they're, have, they have jobs. They're just a COVID crowd, you know, they're not tested. Yeah, well, I'm not so sure. Uh, so well, sure as well. It's well, so we couldn't go nowhere for two years because you, you couldn't even go from one house to another. You couldn't keep the what? Anyway, they're, laugh, they're laughing at the country. They're laughing at us. Why? Laughing. Why would they be laughing at us to come over here they're away from their own homes? They would do it. Did you just see them? They have to have homes there. They're not about the home. Yeah. What do they need a home for? You see them there coming on the buses. They have, they have the, what's the name, the, the cases, they were four foot high, with all the, the wheels in them, best to cover on them, no, not one for nothing, no problem at all. Mm. Mm. They, so they don't need hubs. Yeah, I know, people are very angry about the hub reopening and not changing its policy in the sense well, that, where's, where's the if hub for Irish to, families struggling to survive? There, if it was put in the Irish only... Would the, he be a pro? No, the they'd be murdered. Would. They would be murdered. Don't be war. Oh, yeah. so Jesus almighty. You can't do that to these guys. You can all love us. Yeah. And also, dear, your man was on the other McBarry. There was in the door yesterday, was it? Yeah. He asked the T-shirt to call down the cell there. Yeah, for the protest. So he, he didn't give him the answer. He weird. He got his, his advice of what we do here. What I do. How do I, how do I get all of this? He came back there. Was it today, tonight, this morning, the news? That he have another some other engagement to say in the morning. I think there might be something to do with the death of the Queen or something, was it? So the Queen should be something very fast. Sure, your man couldn't go to a couldn't go to a protest march or a get gathering on the ground. Oh my God! Didn't he, he get a- on the train? Didn't he get on the train there a couple of months ago? And all the way on his one out to the West of Ukraine. But he couldn't go to the Grand Parade. What, be, what was he doing out in Ukraine? But he'd be he'd be, he'd be lynched and he'd be, it wouldn't be safe if he went to Grand Parade. Safe? So who would go near him? Who want to go to Christ? Who would want to do time for him? Stop. No, Jesus I mean... Christ, let's be honest, like... You wouldn't go there if you were the Taoiseach of the country where people are there to... Because people are there of? to protest against him. What is he afraid of? <laughs> I'm just telling you. Yeah, what, what is he afraid of? Yeah, so wouldn't he be... Uh, should them be all to get the guards outside? Should the response outside outside his house? I'd say the, take down, I'd right? say the guards would even if he wanted to go, the guards wouldn't allow him to go. Not Coveney for that matter, or Michael McGrath. Uh, or any Jesus, of them. Mike McGrath. Where's Mike McGrath this morning? He kicked for touch. Actually, thank you for asking yeah. that. They came <laughs> back to me yesterday. Time. They he came back. Be, he should be liberty. He should be literally kicked to touch. Yeah. Well, he was due on this morning, and everything he was going. Was. Everything was going fine. If I can find the statement yeah. that came in there over. Nice. Oh, sure you would. Uh, I don't he have it right now. Is that what he's always supposed to Yeah, uh, here's what they said. Uh, I know you were in touch with the minister just to let you know that unfortunately his diary is absolutely full with budget <laughs> meetings this week and next yeah. week 
uh, perhaps we could organise a conversation the day after the budget. Oh, great. Thanks for asking me that question, Finbar. Thanks for asking me that question. What about your chapter Oh. Can't he be found either? The fellow oh. was crazy more times than your phone. He was in the end of your phone. Which one? The fellow was saying, Kellogg, the fellow the last arm here. Will he? I don't think, I don't think he'll be talking to me for a little while yet. He was on the pier for more times than Mutton. Yeah, yeah, no, we just Jesus don't have Christ. anything. We don't have anything to really chat about apart from the recent one regarding rental properties. And, but and he's, and a, he's a councillor, like, councillors yeah, really, yeah. really don't have a whole lot of skin in the game, really, of national yeah, politics. We, we make him, make him a pay, what's his name, uh, Lawmere again, so we have to talk then, is it? <laughs> All right. Make him another one. But I must ask the last one, but not least. Right. Last one, least. This chap, Ryan, the Green Party fellow. Yeah. <laughs> well, he was, I say, when he got in, I say it was simply votes when he had, when he had the stutter. Yeah. He had a fair stutter. <laughs> and my God, the wand, he went to bed once, one morning, Tuesday morning. Woke up Wednesday morning and the other was gone. Ah, that's a little no. bit too personal now, Finbar, in fairness. But that's, he did. But he should... did. So it's not personal. It's yeah, it is really. It shouldn't in any way, shape oh. or form impact whether but he does oh. a good or a bad job. How could that happen overnight? It was gone. I don't know. That. I don't he know. Got sympathy votes. That's what he's saying. All right, my man. We covered another, a lot of ground. Another, can, I, can I get some more calls on the air if you don't mind? Thank you, Finbar. Michael, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Thanks for holding. Um, what is this to do with the reopening of the hub? Yeah, I didn't hear the start of the conversation. I, I just came in at, uh, during the middle of it. But I'm, I'm just wondering, um, do, do Irish people have a problem with um, Irish centres being opened all over the world or have been for the last since Irish people have been emigrating? Um, every city, foreign city you'd go to in, in practically, say, Britain, Australia, America, you'll always see Irish centres. Yeah, yeah. But they're an entirely different thing, though, aren't they? In what way? Well, wouldn't a lot of they're, those... They're are... there to help Irish people who are in trouble when they go abroad. They'll organise jobs for you. Um, I, I know of people that would have been under pressure for money and they'd have, they've organised a little bit of money for them. Gotcha. Okay, but wouldn't they be self-financing in the sense that the Irish centres would would raise their own money to run their own service kind of thing? And where are all the clothes coming from in the one in Merchants Key? Funnily enough, they're and coming from Irish funnily enough, they're coming from Irish people, I guess. Yeah, so they're donated free of charge. Yeah. Yeah. And who runs the centre, uh, Neil? Volunteers. Ukrainian volunteers. No, I think I think uh, probably 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 mainly Ukrainians, but not exclusively. Not having been in there myself, yeah. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Just listening to the audio and the videos, some of them are Ukrainian, some of them are international. But I believe I don't I don't know exactly what the split is. To be honest with you, I I I do spend a lot of time in town, and I usually just walk through Merchant Ski, and any time I walk through there, all I see in there is is women chatting to each other and kids playing. And I, 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 it's beyond me that people have an, an issue with that, that these people had to leave their homes. They have no homes. A lot of them, their homes were raised to the ground. They have nothing, nothing, except this guy a while ago talking about big suitcases. A lot of people, that's what they're left with, and they have nothing left. And people 
complain because there's a little centre in Merchant's Key. You know something, you know something, you are very right there. Like you could see somebody on a bus with a suitcase and they actually could be on the bus with the suitcase going to emergency accommodation with the clothes on their back inside in a suitcase. That's their life. Yeah. That's that's their life. And they have one centre in the city where they can talk to people that speak their own language and maybe help them with stuff. These people have nothing and Cork people are coming on and complaining that it's discrimination. Mm. It's disgusting. Well, hang on a second. It's just just back just back up saying. a little bit. If you see the 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 efficiency and the speed in which the government were able to do things that they could never do before, I mean, certainly they were able to fast track um, a PPS number. They were able to fast track yeah. children's allowance. They were able to fast track right. social welfare. You're they were able right to fast track everything. housing. They were able to fast track. We're HAP talking applications. about the hub. Yeah, but we're talking about the hub. That's not government run. And you're right, Neil. You're 100% correct on everything you say, and I agree with you. And the government, again, have been a shambles. I made a shambles of this. I 100% agree with you. We're talking about the hub in Merchant's Key. And people are ringing you saying it's discrimination because they can't go in and get something for nothing. But, it is, people- but is it not discriminatory? where you would preclude one, like a, like a text from a group who helped those in need, had an emergency need for clothes for a little baby. They were refused in the hub because they weren't, it wasn't a Ukrainian baby. Oh my God, that even reading it again sounds wrong to me. Yeah, I, did, I actually didn't hear that one. But I mean, it's set up by Ukrainians to help Ukrainians. That's it. That's what it's set up for. Mm. It's, it's, I mean... It's just, it's beyond belief that, that people think that's discriminatory. I mean, they want a, they want a, a centre for people from their own country to come in, sit down, have a chat, kids play with each other. These kids have nothing, mm. nothing. They're living in hotel rooms. They're being moved from wa- warehouse to warehouse, some of them. It's, it's... And, and, and there are a lot of you know that a lot of them are on bunk beds down in sorry um, yeah. cot beds in Parky Cueve. Yeah. yeah, it's just and again, look that that's a separate issue. That it, that's disgraceful. I mean, the way the government are handling handling it is just disgusting. But they've one tiny little space in Merchants Key. Okay, a little space for themselves. Okay, okay. and people are complaining about it. I just find it disgusting. Thanks, Michael. Let's get the reaction of uh, the Cork public. Um, text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. Back quickly after the break. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0868104106. Red FM. On top of everything else going on, of course, I was telling earlier on this morning of this taxation commission, which came up with this, uh, you know, 100, I, I would call it the 100 ways to tax people more um, and ways of making more in taxation, looking at property charges going up and a congestion charge going in and out of the city and a special tax on chip or food, for instance, or anybody that buys a frozen pizza or buys anything that might be anyway unhealthy in a supermarket or perhaps gets a two-for-one deal to feed the family. Um, Jesus, Mary and Joseph, or as my mother would say, we used to say Jesus, Mary and Holy St. Joseph. On top of that, you talk about a man advertising a tent in his backyard um, to lay your head down or a leather couch in his front room. May God forgive him while he's cozy in his own bed. You wouldn't do that to an animal. It's a pity some people 
haven't got kindness. Um, and then I was talking about taxes and more taxes again by this taxation commission. The property tax increase is a joke considering we all paid stamp duty in the first place. The increase in tax on processed food will only hurt poor people in society. Why the hell isn't the government doing something to help out society? Why haven't we been given the green light for our own power plants? Like say, for instance, the one in Tarbert County Kerry or given the go ahead to take our own oil from the seabed off the Cork coast. You could use the profits to help us go green for the future if that's what they want to do. This would also bring much needed jobs, wouldn't it? To Cork and local companies. Those profits then could be used to increase our railway lines, reduce the cost of public transport and all the things that need doing. Yet these clowns in government just want to tax our way out of everything. It's grandfather They won't feel any cost of living increase. Keep those texts coming. Text 0868 106. Um, you know, it's uh, it's... It's an interesting topic of conversation, actually, uh, but it's all about balance and trying to be fair and for me to try and negotiate our way through things. So, you know, some people come on the air and they make points that really cannot be, that need to be fact-checked. And, uh, you know, because some people make claims that I can't stand over. That's the problem with live radio. So do bear that in mind. Back after 11. Hey, it's Dave. Join me weekdays from four for Dave Max Drive, where I'll help get you home or give you a little lift at home. Big hits, loads of fun features and traffic info. What more could you need? Join me weekdays from four. Dave Max Drive. 104 to 106 Red FM This is the Neil Frienderville Show Can I just mention again your opportunity to text your doggy story just on a lighter note around about a quarter to midday we'll have a look at this courtesy of ourselves and Autism Assistance Dogs Ireland and they need the help of the public if you have a few bob to spare they have a donation appeal going on on their website autismassistancedogsireland.ie to help to finish the training of these amazing dogs through their final months of training and they then deliver the uh, dogs to families and children on the autism spectrum who need these dogs to help to open up their world. So any help would be greatly appreciated. Autism Assistance Dogs Ireland.ie. Today we have a double prize for your funny, enlightening, heartwarming doggy stories. You know, the last time your dog made you laugh, cry, shout, <laughs> freak out or the crazy things that dogs can do. Uh, so today it's a doggy gift hamper sponsored by Covertus to the value of €250 Euro and €250 Euro worth of dog food, which they figure is about a three-month supply of dog food sponsored by Royal Canaan Food. So it's a €500 Euro prize in total, the doggy gift hamper and the three months worth of dog food. So you need to text your doggy stories. Text 0868104106 and we'll share three or four of them just before midday today. I was chatting with a hospital worker earlier this morning. The first thing we did is conversation with Michael who worked all the way through COVID. You may have heard that conversation. He finds himself in dire straits now, couch, couch surfing and can't get help. Shocking listening to that poor man's story about the effort he put in through COVID in our hospitals and is still putting in. He works 12-hour shifts. If he had a foreign passport, he'd be housed long ago. It's a total disgrace the way our people are being treated. And a major revolution is seriously needed in this country. Uh, our government has instructed all cities and councils in Ireland to prioritise the housing needs of Ukrainian women and children, says a texter. Uh, this poor man, Michael, it's a disgrace. I have a daughter who also does 12-hour hospital shifts. She is so lucky to come home to her bed, absolutely wrecked. Somebody please help this man. The system is set up to hide the true need for social assistance and the numbers of those that really need it. If you don't earn over a limit for some schemes, you may get turned down 
for being a full-time employee, which is anything over 27 hours a week when I checked. Full-time grade three employees of city and council start on about 26 grand a year. So they don't even qualify for social housing. How is anyone getting a house on 27 grand? But they can get HAP. But that's set up for landlords, which makes sense considering how many politicians and their family members are landlords anyway. Marie says, I can't believe what I'm hearing this morning. It's going to make Irish very bitter, bringing so many people into the country and no room for our own. In the name of God, something must be done for people like Michael, the hospital worker. I'm so mad when I see all the different people coming here and getting everything while our own suffer. And two more, I feel as a single man or woman woman with no children, it's like the government feels like we don't need help or a home. But we all need a home. You can't afford to buy a house on your own. You can't get a council property because you don't have a child. But still, you work, you pay your tax, and in this country, get nothing back. The hospital worker should contact payroll in the HSC. Request a document showing the split of base salary and overtime. Staff have to get that split when they go for a mortgage, for instance. It's worth a punt that he could go back again with that split and the salary showing that the overtime was an extraordinary time because they were being asked to put in extra hours and they were paid for those extra hours, don't get me wrong. But that now is having an impact on the rest of his life because he's being refused any kind of help, even a contribution towards a bed and breakfast. We got calls on the way. My apologies to Jackie. Back after these. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM. Uh, I was telling you earlier on the 16 county councillors are off to Bratislava in Slovakia for a jolly for a conference. 16 of them paid, of course, by taxpayers to work out how Ireland could be greener. I mean, if it wasn't... F- Serious, it would be laughable. Uh, Texture says, I had to laugh as well at the councillors going to Slovakia. I lived there for a few years and how to be greener is laughable. Their recycling system is people rooting through the rubbish bins, searching for food or items they can burn for heat in the winter in Slovakia. Slovak's main source of electricity, if you want to know about being greener, is nuclear. Not that I'm against that. And add to the fact that their economy is based on Irish Celtic, or the Irish Celtic Tiger model known as the Tatra Tiger. I'm not sure they'll learn much there, except that the drink is cheaper and the women are to die for. <laughs> Wish I could come on, but I'm on my home post night shift. Uh, yes, but nonetheless, 16 of them are going out there to work out whatever it is they want to work out as to how we could be more kind to climate and the environment. Um, Anti-Ukraine sentiment is coming from ignoramuses who just want more for themselves and they begrudge refugees the refuge they seek. I completely agree that we should be looking after our own, uh, but only to a point. Why should taxpayers fund everything for them? Fellas who have four kids and then come on whinging about not being able to provide for himself. How selfish is he? What kind of childhood is he providing for his children if he can't provide for himself? He should have kept his pants on. Parents who come on whinging that their kids can't get housing. These same kids are single. They have their own kids and they want a free house next to their nanny and mammy. People want everything for nothing now. And they want it now. No one wants to make any long-term plans for their lives. Get a nanny to mind your kids. Go back to study. Improve your offering. Short-term pain, you see, for long-term gain. How, how would they get a nanny if they... They want to go back to education. I got the money to pay for an nanny. But anyway, um, then if you do a bit of short-term planning, ultimately you'll be able to buy everything for yourself. But we have in this country a lazy entitlement attitude 
and begrudgery of everyone who has more than they do. There's too much habitual laziness in many family lines in the genes. People who would laugh at other people working because they know how to ride and screw the system. The joke's on them, in my opinion, but c'est la vie. It's an interesting observation on living and lifestyles of Irish people. Text 0868104106. You can email neil at uh, redfm.ie. Some weeks back, just to give you an example of how difficult it can be for people just trying to get the basics. And the basics could be a school bus place uh, for a child. Remember Deirdre was saying that she literally has to drive up and down to Kinsale. She hangs around Kinsale and picks up the child and drives all the way back and does it on a daily basis to Kinsale Community School. From Balafi Han, I think. Deirdre, good morning. Good morning, how are you? I'm good. And of course we are talking about Emily who's, uh, who lives with Downs, doesn't she? Yeah, she has Downs. Yeah. Any, any news? Any, any place on a bus or anything like that? No, and I don't drive. I don't have a car. So I'm actually relying on family members, friends, neighbours, or as I'm getting the bus up and down. You go and up and, and down on the bus and then when the bus goes down, you're waiting around and it'll be a cold winter and, yeah. waiting around down there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, and I'm keeping Seamus updated and take, sending him pictures that I'd be taking when I'm down around. There are there thousands of people without spots on the buses because all bus spaces are free, you see. That's the problem. There's a lot of them free in the whole lot, but I was listening to one of your callers on the phone and he was saying like that we're being made racist in the whole lot. Like, I, I actually started crying because I felt like... I was thinking how many of the Ukrainian children are being transported and have transport and the whole lot. I'm not even being communicated with how things are going and stuff like that. Yeah, my, this one here, my niece was lucky enough to get a place on the school bus scheme, Neil, but two of her friends were unable to get a place on the same bus this year. But there are 15 Ukrainian kids attending the same secondary school that are on the bus every day. The free school bus scheme only came in mainly, I believe, to facilitate Ukrainian children attending school. Well, that clearly isn't true. It was to facilitate all children. Oh, but it family, would seem yeah. as if some are being prioritized over others, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's just a bit of communication, and I've, I've, I've without naming so any angry. names, you did get a call. No. But without naming any names, you did get a call after your conversation on air with me, did you not? I did, and the person in question asked, said they hadn't an escort, and I said we had, and I was asked to send on the details, which, with the permission of the escort, I did, and to this date. The person in question has not even contacted. So you passed on the, the details of the escort that would go down in the taxi with Emily and heard nothing since. And the escort hasn't even heard. Okay. Would Would Emily anything. be able to go, Would Emily have been able to go on a school bus? No. There's no school bus from the city going down. Yeah, I know. It's all around the area, and that's why I know. we were contacted on the 26th of July saying that she had qualified and would be sharing a taxi with another child. Did the other child get sorted? The other child is autistic and nonverbal, but he's been put on an existing taxi route without an escort, which is not suitable for Mm. the child. But the mother is a nurse and has to work nights, and she had to go with this. Right. 
But we, we, but we, do, you don't know of any Ukrainian children, to be fair to Ukrainian children with any kind of special needs who have been prioritised in a taxi to school. No, I'm not. And I'm just feeling, because I know of some schools where they're driven by taxis to schools. Who's driven to taxi, by taxi to schools? The, the poor children from Ukraine. But do you know that? I mean, be fair now and, and balanced. Do you know it for a fact? I know it for a fact because I know people, other people that are escorts in schools and stuff like that. And have escorts and in taxis told you that they're escorting Ukrainian kids? Yes. Because they've contacted me because they said, you know, their hearts are going out. So your, your Emily's place probably went to an, a child from overseas then? I'm, I, can't, I can't say. Because there's no but if communication. The rest, if the escorts are telling you, because you, like people that qualify, but, whose children qualify with special needs, can get an escort and a taxi to and from school. Yeah. Yeah. Particularly if, if they have distances to travel, right? Yeah. Yeah. And the escorts are telling you that they are escorting Ukrainian children. Yeah. And you're being truthful about that. I am. And you believe honest. them. Of course, yeah. Okay. I know these people like, you know, I've been getting messages and, you know, people saying, you know, that it's how disgraceful it is. Well, there seems to be very serious prioritisation gone on in this country. Priorities completely flipped. uh, I can understand they need help in the whole shebang. And this is why I'm so angry and upset with myself because I know they need the help too but I need the help as well and there's no communication at all. You qualified in July, it's nearly October July the now. T- 26th July I got a phone call from the gentleman confirming that it would be in place but it's impossible to get through to him Okay Okay. And I, 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 when he rang me, I did apologise because I did say his name on air. I yeah, didn't I know I wasn't supposed to. Yeah. No, you weren't aware of and that. I, don't worry apolo- about that. And I did apologise to, to him. Yeah, yeah, fair. Well, you know, well done for doing that. Yeah. You know, I, it wouldn't, you know, it, that's the only name I have. And, I have and, no other name. I know. Do you know? I understand. I understand. And it's hard. My first year and I don't know the ins and the outs and the, Anything like that. Well, you certainly uh, you certainly have been let down and it's no wonder you feel so down and despondent and upset about it. Um, it's worth another call by us at midday today. It's worth another thanks call. Thanks very much all for right, all your help no, and stuff. Fine. And all thanks right. to Seamus. He's actually very, very good. He is very good. Job. Yeah, he's very kind. So, yeah, yeah. He is. Thanks. All right, Deirdre. Okay. Thanks so much. Take care for Bye. that. Bye. Be back Bye-bye. in touch. Take care. Joe, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are we? Good. Thanks for calling. Um, let me just deal with your text here. Uh, the reason why drivers aren't doing school runs is because the money is crap. What, 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 are you talking about taxi drivers? Yep. Have they the greatly money, reduced uh, it? Because it was a right sweet deal there for a long time, wasn't it? No, it wasn't. No. Drivers were just barely surviving on it, Neil. But the, the price of diesel now has gone to two euro. So uh, taxi drivers need to tender. To, yeah, you're right. One ninety eight, two euro. But taxi drivers need to tender for the contract, don't they? Yes. And they're not tendering, is it? Oh, they are tendering, but there are some of them are doing at a loss, and I know fourteen drivers who handed back runs. 
But the, the thing about it then as well, there's plenty of us out there if the money was right. But CIE have, and Boss Ireland have a, a policy. When you come to 70, you have to stop your run. That's it. I've heard that from taxi drivers. But I have to tell you, not that I'm necessarily disagreeing with you, but I'm just quoting what at least one taxi driver told me in the past, that they had all of the different taxi driving work that they could do, right? And that the school runs in the taxi was the cream on top. No, no, no. no. That's where, You're s- that, that's, that's wrong. Okay. Most of the fellas now that are doing it are doing it for less than cost price. Okay, okay. I no, have it's a run important. and I'm handing it back. Is it that the long runs, say, 40, 50 kilometres either way, are they the ones that pay? No, nothing pays, you're saying? Nothing pays. I'm doing 105 kilometres for 120 a day. 105 every day, is it? Yep. Okay, but that's like 600 bucks a week. Yeah, but hang on. Out of that, I'll take two fills over my car, so I'm, I'm walking two days for free. No, but it's only two parts of the day, isn't it? But Neil, you're committed. You, you, if you've got a long run, you can't take it because you're committed to your contract. Okay, okay. But, but to be, like but to be honest with you now, in fairness now, to be fair to everybody, if somebody's listening to this now and they're saying that you have a guaranteed income, okay, you have diesel and the expenditure run in the car, but that you know before you go to work on a Monday morning in the taxi that you're 600 euro up, uh, but, I think they might find it difficult to be sympathetic, Joe. But hang on, I need one minute. I'm taking nearly 150 diesel. I'm paying insurance. I have maintenance. They, they, they all add up like. But if you give up the run for 600 euro, where are you going to make it up? I, I could nearly make it on the street now. Okay, okay. Yeah, you know, you'd know better than me. No, obviously you've done the maths on it. Otherwise you wouldn't be dropping it. But Neil, would you win and take 200 euro out of your wages every week? And you have to pay tax on the balance then? And then we pay tax. But we pay tax on the income we get of the 600. Not the 400. Oh, so there's no deductible for the... uh, But you should be having an expense on the diesel or the petrol. That should be. You get it, but the, the, the amount you get back every year doesn't make up the balance of what you're paying out. Now, why is it a problem for someone who turns 70? Should they would be great drivers, very mature individuals who would be very compassionate because they have life skills that maybe young people wouldn't have. Why were they told they can't work? Because of ageism. It is ageism, isn't it? Oh, yeah. If you come to 70, your run stops automatically. Do they, do they base it that you're no longer a safe driver or what? Exactly. Just BS. <laughs> You tell me, we were with the girls and the girls, there's what's the other called the taxi drivers in with the girls and we had a meeting with the girls and we said to the girls, they're throwing lads off the run at 17. He says, but we give you a license. What's that? And the girl turned around and he says, if I was you, I'd take a man for ageism. Yeah, I mean, you're entitled to drive. You're entitled to have, because you have a full license, Right. Right. Yeah, your car passes your equivalent to the NCT. What do they you deem happens to a person at seventy? Like, that they become yeah. old, frail, blind, deaf, incapable of moving their feet in the pedals? What? Well, you ask them for that. That's that's the thing. Okay. We don't. Okay. But the thing is, then we have to pay a second insurance for a school run. You've done which the maths. Another yeah. Two, yeah. 
that's another 200 euro that you take out of that. Yeah. And we get our cars NCT'd every year. Not every two years or four years. If I bought a brand new car in the morning, I'm putting it on the road as a taxi, and has to be NCT'd. And you also have to get rid of the car after 10 years, don't you? Even if it's perfectly mechanically sound. Exactly. Yeah, okay. All right, man. Okay. All right. Cheers. All Cheers. Take mate. care, Joe. Take care. Uh, come back yep. to the calls. Text 0868104106. But I want to talk to Jackie because I've missed her call three or four times. I don't want to keep her much longer. Jackie, good morning. Good morning, Neil. And I do appreciate you holding on for an age. Um, this started earlier this morning. It was a very interesting point made by Sebastian who said that we aren't born divisive. We aren't born to be looking over our shoulders what everybody else gets. We're not born yes. racist, things like that. We are not. Yeah. And first of all, before I go anywhere else, maybe my deepest sympathy to the lady you were done. Deirdre. Um, yeah. Deirdre. Yeah. Um, that's criminality. That is disgraceful, what's happening to that she woman. She feels that so is. lost and alone. And it's not as if the challenges in the household aren't tough enough. Her daughter lives with Down syndrome. That yeah. is, that is like, this woman should be helped. There's no ifs or buts about it. She should be top priority yeah. there. But if, know, the, if the taxi drivers is. aren't taking the contracts to drive the children... Because the money is crap and the diesel's gone through the roof. Maybe there are no more cars. Well, Neil, maybe, like, I don't know much about this, like, but they, like, maybe a van should be supplied for the school and maybe there are people there on community schemes that can drive the van and take the children back and forth, you know what I mean? Leave our government pay for it, pay for a driver, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I hate bringing up texts. Some people already are dear to saying she spoke to every, every one of those cars must have a, um, a designated escort in the car. Somebody who's been guard vetted. The driver of the taxi, the guard vet. Even pay for it. Yeah, but yes, saying, even pay for it. Yeah, Why they, not? I worked all my life. I pay. Ta- I run businesses. I pay tax and that. Why not pay for that woman? Did I work all my life not to pay for that woman's child? Why not, Neil? So the government... You pay tax and vast. Why, why, why haven't you... Why can't... You know what I'm saying, Joe? We worked all our lives. I'm 60-odd years old. I worked all my life. Surely, but God, all the vast that I paid in my businesses and the tax I paid in my businesses could help that woman. She's a very... But that poor woman you, is so vulnerable. You say that it's the government has pitted one group of people against the other by what by prioritising others needs ahead is it all our governments all our governments we have in right when when any nationality comes to our country they're asked Neil what can we do for you Mm. when we ask they ask they say to us what you want now that's discrimination straight away starting with our governments that is leading then down to all the sections in society and it's starting up there when you say to somebody we that said comes that for, your We country, said that for years. Like, it, like we, we, we were the same with you, with with people from Poland who came over here. Like, oh, they're coming over here. They're taking all our jobs. They're getting great no, they're children's allowance. People. They're sending back. No, but they no, were, they're hardworking people. The Polish people are hardworking people. I have absolutely nothing against any nationality whatsoever. It's our country is doing this with discrimination. But sure, what if the Ukrainians were working here? Just going out Leave to work. work. And, yeah. Of course. And they can, well, if, and they can if they can. And they probably mm-hmm. are working because they have a PPS number. So they're probably not sitting on their arse trying to get everything for nothing. They're probably getting jobs for the time that they're here. But that's what I'm saying. You see, the governments are putting it to the people. They're putting it a person against the person. 
only because of the speed only because of the speed of which they facilitated them and what they what they gave them so quickly I understand exactly for someone exactly. who's on a waiting list the young man you had on the radio station the other day Neil yeah. he was he got buried in paperwork because he wanted a medical card yeah yeah. that is not fair again it is not Ukrainians' fault. It is not the Polish's fault that this is all happening. It's our government. And the sooner they realise, we, the Irish people, aren't taking this anymore. Um, but, It'll stop. But, It'll stop. We're being walked over, Neil. We're being walked over. The only people I ever saw standing up to this country were the old people. When they tried to take their medical cards and they got on wheelchairs on buses, they put wheelchairs on trains and they marched up to Dublin. Yeah. And people should take a leaf out of their book and be there Saturday for that march. Because I tell you, Neil, enough is enough in this country. It's a joke. It's laughable. We have a lady there crying. Well, if there's a budget set aside of 200 million euro to facilitate refugees fleeing Ukraine, I suppose it would be fair to say if there wasn't a war in Ukraine, would they have had the 200 billion Listen, to help the elderly? Matter. It doesn't matter. They it done doesn't... the same before the Ukrainians ever came. Look, it was the same discrimination was there before the Ukrainians ever came. Other nationalities came here and we were told we all we got off from was oh they were too lazy to go to work, so the Irish, so the, these people came home to help. And they're going to work instead. Neil, it's all bureaucracy, it's all discrimination from the top. Okay, thanks for that. Much obliged, Jackie Patrick. Good morning. Hi, Amelia. Uh, um, I started the programme this morning. Oh well, different topics earlier on this morning. One was to let people know that the hub in Merchinsky has reopened again now, but it still is only for people fleeing war. Go ahead. Well, my understanding is just for people who just arrive before they get a payment or state support, just people who are not, they won't continuously when they're just when they arrive first. Oh, well, who told you that? Because I, I didn't hear I that. I read the article um, from this, the, the woman from the hub recently this week, and I read the article like, two weeks ago. Okay. The examiner, the it's a first port of call for arriving yeah. refugees. Yeah, okay. it's, it's, okay. it's not a continuous thing. It's only people, they don't have any, they, they, they would never put to get a state payment. Because or they get a state payment then, which would be unemployment benefit if they have oh, children and children's yeah. allowance, and they should be able to fend for themselves. For themselves, yeah. 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 So, I mean, I, yeah, so I think it's just a bit um, insidious, uh, Mr. Bloyd, his behaviour. I mean, he went up to County Westmead, he went to Wexford and Kildare trying to whip up resentment against people in direct prison, people who were from the Middle East, yeah. Africa. Yeah. No, I had, a, I had a good chat with him on air. It was a it was a, yeah. it was a it was a good conversation. We covered a lot of ground. Um, I think uh, he's having some protests in the city centre on the weekend after next But sure, the man's, the man's entitled to. Man's entitled oh, yeah, to, just like people are entitled to protest at the death of the Queen and the Royal Family in London. Um, I think he is some Canadian kind of far right kind of anti-vaccine activist going over to speak with him he's yeah. kind of personality or whatever yeah whatever yeah. But no it. but I think the people on about supports there's lots of supports for Irish people I mean there's loads of Irish people being put up in hotels and payments and welfare support they were moved from they were moved from hotels I can tell you there was a whole bunch of people moved out of the commons as an example um, and they've I been thought living there was a, an article on the journal or something debunking that or something was there <laughs> I don't know what the journal are telling you, but I spoke to people who were in there and were moved to bed and breakfasts down uh, the lower road. Well, just to support it, aren't they? Were the state and the government not trying to destroy it or something? No, but moved nonetheless. No. 
Yes, it's removed. Yes, they're supported by the state and they're provided by the state and they're removed in other places. Three lads, was, the three lads with special needs in a house inside in the city. All of them were all moved out and sent to bed and breakfast on the College Road. Facilitate the What's house for... That? Well, it's... Well, there's a lot There's a lot wrong with it in the sense it was their home. I know people. I mean, the, the government support people. I mean, it's the biggest kind of crisis in Europe since the defeat of the, the Germany in 1945, the war. Like, mm. there's 12 million Ukrainians in their country. I think the Czech Republic is a bit population of 10 million, and they have 400,000 Ukrainian refugees in their country start of August. So they're the twice the population. You see, I don't people. think that people necessarily have any issue with uh, refugees fleeing war. It's the manner in which the government were able to facilitate. Well, they had to. Yeah, well, they had to facilitate them. There's no means test. They're coming from a war. They have nothing. They just give them accommodation and other people want to live in hotels they're on point and saying it's awful we're living in a hotel like you know so I mean the people want that the people want to live in direct vision the people want to live in hotels they don't yeah yeah. well they might want they might want a bit of HAP you know or they might want a medical card or they might want help with a special needs child or assessment for psychological services yeah there's a fellow on the internet I think on Twitter he's some former Fianna Fáil advisor from 20 years ago he was saying like he's a weak person he was saying there's lots of support for people on low income or on welfare. Not but just that's, that's not true. That just isn't true. Well, because day after day after day, I talk with people and I see re- reams of... No, but... but Go and check out the amount of paperwork it takes to get through it. If you have a child on an autism spectrum and you're trying to get help, they absolutely bamboozle you with paperwork and then they lose it or they send it back and say it's not filled in properly. They have every trick in the book. I know, but there's no point pitting the Ukrainian people up, up in Parky Cueve or in Abbottstown in the sports stadium. Or in I'm not, I, I'm not, and I go at, to great lengths to try and keep it balanced and not show bias for one side or the other. It's getting harder, though. It's getting but harder. People want to live in a bunk bed in Parky Cueve or in Abbottstown in the sports stadium, and that's, that's what they're comparing it to. Not so uh, much that, but, um, you know, the speed in which people, speed people, people who would be refused a medical card, for instance... Well, this means tested. Obviously, the Ukrainian people don't have anything, so they're, they're short on their back or their suitcases. I mean, there's all process, I suppose, if you're a resident of Ireland. But the people who qualify and meet the standards get the medical card or get income support, and a lot of people, and there's 10,000 people, brackets, and sort of commas homeless or put in accommodation or council houses yeah. or state yeah. provision. Right? That Peter McVeary kind of thing happened there recently. There's yeah. lots of you know, people put in. So, I mean, that's that. And, and you, look, you mean, like I said, the Czech Republic is 10 million people is twice the population republic and they have like 400,000 refugees from Ukraine as of 12th of all. So in fact we're pulling below our weight then are we? Uh, I mean it's we're under pressure a bit but people are put into hotels and there's accommodation and there's Abbottstown and there's the sports National Sports Institute and Parky Cueve but I mean They're far from ideal people, yeah. it's people, people, it's, 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 you know, I know people are some Irish people are in a vulnerable situation but it's not the Ukraine's fault refugees' fault and 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 we are well off country compared to some of the countries in Eastern Europe, like Poland or Moldova or or the Baltic states have taken a lot of people. You know, like I mean, Moldova is the poorest country in Europe, and they've taken like eighty thousand people, eighty thousand Ukrainian refugees, and the population. Yeah, and then so. there's a lot of people saying that they're not women and children or elderly. Uh, somebody says I passed uh, the Commons this morning. I had passed it every morning and evening. There are plenty of so-called military-age Ukrainian men going in and out of there. You should take a spin out to the Commons, observe what's going on. That's not true because it's a it, it decree from the president and the border guards. You can't leave Ukraine if you're under sixty years of age and you're a man. 
that's the law. That's the rule. But doesn't that's the rule, mean. and they're border guards down this stuff. So who are the military age? Look, who are the military age men I that are know. in the comments? I, I don't know. Ask, okay. ask Derek Bourne or ask someone on Facebook or ask his friends. They were assaulting Paul Murphy yesterday up to the doll. You know, right. last time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's good to have your point uh, of view, uh, like Mc everybody Barry, else. Barry on about that, was he? No, he wasn't. No. No. Uh, Barry was on no. about trying to get me Hall Martin down to the Grand Parade on Saturday afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I know. But uh, I think there's some very bloody put a stunt to McBarry the other day or something as well. Or something. I think he. Tr- I think he went to McBarry's constituency office trying to get him to come out yeah. and talk. I think. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. I don't think that McBarry came out to chat with him, incidentally. <laughs> no. Thanks, Patrick. Back after the break. Text 0868104106. The Neil Prendeville Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 0818104106. And we'll pick up on this topic and lots more uh, tomorrow. Um, incidentally, it's one very interesting one because it's difficult enough trying to navigate through these difficult times on air. Um, but people are suggesting, is there any way to always substantiate any of the claims made about refugees, the ones about living the high life, high life or is that the sort of behaviour encouraged to sow the hate needed for you to be a shock jock? You have a wonderful platform to do so much good and positivity, but yet it is only creating division. It, perhaps it's a personal choice or a directive. I think the problems that we have as a society are there because of politicians that we elect, not the people that come over here looking for a safe place to live. It's a very interesting perspective on things. Uh, and to some extent, I think on that an awful lot, actually, each day that I present a program. But if I were to follow that narrative, I would be giving out the mantra, nobody is to call, nobody is to text. If you have anything negative to say, or if you are in any way dis- in disagreement, or if you are in any way in suffering, or in any way in need, we don't want to hear your stories. And that ain't ever going to happen no time soon. So we'll come back to it in the morning, I promise you. Don't forget, there's a Twitter poll up online now following... My conversation with the county mayor, Danny Collins, who's off to Bratislava with 16 councillors next week on a bit of a jolly. But yesterday he was saying that he wasn't entirely happy with the move to put the tricolour at half-mast for the passing of Queen Elizabeth II. So I have a Twitter poll up on the flag and flag pole. So it's a flag pole, if you like. The question being asked is, should the flag stay up or go to half-mast? You can either agree or disagree and vote yourself on my Twitter page, and we will give you the results of that in the morning. On a lighter note, I was telling you about all the new technology that Angarda Shikona have now. They're saying that the new cameras they have, the handheld ones, and all the tech now, they'll be able to spot you if you're speeding a kilometre away. So they definitely, definitely will see you way before you'll ever see them. It reminded me of uh, Michael Moriarty sending me a bit of a laugh in these old crazy times. He says, a pensioner drove his brand new BMW up to 100 miles per hour. Looking in his rearview mirror, he saw a police car behind him. He floored it to 140, 150, 155. And suddenly he thought, I'm too old for this old nonsense. So he pulled over to the side of the road and waited for the police car to catch up with him. The officer walks up to him, looks at his watch and he says, Sir, my shift ends in 10 minutes. Today is Friday and I'm taken off for the weekend with my family. If you can give me a good reason that I've never heard before as to why you were speeding, I'll let you go. So your man anyway looked very seriously at the policeman and he replied, Years ago, my my wife ran off with the policeman. I thought it was you bringing her back. The cop left him off saying, Sir, have a good day.
So you got to have a good story at the ready if you are stopped. Mind you, I did come across some video footage from South African television, which was an online news service of uh, a chap reading the news giving another example of speeding. Have a listen to this. And now a 57-year-old man who was caught speeding at almost 200 kilometers per hour a couple of months ago refused to pay his speeding fine, claiming that everything he does is fast. According to the man, he eats fast, he sleeps fast, he drives fast, he reads fast, and he even walks fast. When he had to appear on court today, he explained the same thing to a Western Cape judge who replied, let's see how fast you can do a six months in prison. (laughs) (laughs) New reader. (laughs) My My apologies. I can't imagine that judge already in court saying, let's see how fast you can do that six months in prison. <laughs> what a way to... <laughs> it did happen in a court court years ago. Some fella got a three-month sentence. He says to the judge, eh, should I do that standing on my head? And the judge said, well, here's another three months to do it on your feet after that. <laughs> got six months instead. <laughs> anyway, you got to laugh. Three quick calls for you. Monique, good morning. Morning, how are you? Okay, sell me on your dog, Rue, and we'll see how you get on with two other callers. A doggy gift hamper worth 250 euro and a three-month supply of dog food. Go for it. So I have, I sent a video that I went downstairs to make a cup of tea and I was reading a really good book and I came back upstairs and the book was all over the bed and the dog was just staring at me as in... There's a lot oh more God. than the dog. Or there's a lot more than a book ripped <laughs> apart by that dog. Oh, she, she ripped everything. And like it was literally 20 minutes upstairs. Oh, and then man. the was other it, day... Was it a good book? Just, it was, yeah, it was really good. <laughs> and then the other day we were out cutting the grass and obviously she stuck, she snuck by us. A farmer came over and he knocked on the door and he was like... Sorry, you have to get your dog. She's in playing with the cattle. She was running round and round and round in the field next door. We were mortified over it. You're so lucky. Um, this is a staffy terrier that the dog... Oh, she's very friendly. <laughs> yeah, but the farmer could have shot her. I know, no, they're neighbours, so they're nice. They know her, thank God. I have my son's dog and his partner's dog staying with me at the moment, Tony. Um, and he... <laughs> He constantly rips up my newspapers to shreds. Oh, murder, like. We can't have anything. <laughs> <laughs> what happened down in the pier in Castletown Pier? Oh, the fish. She, I left her off because it was dark and we usually take her out and it was a quiet beach. And I was like, what is she rolling in? I, I couldn't smell it at, at outside. The minute I put her into my car, she was after rolling in a load of dead cod. It was all over her harness. It was all over all her all over her lead oh, she God. still has a hint of it I like, bet she does still have a hint off. of it and will for quite some time <laughs> yeah the car is even destroyed because of her thanks for the video and the stories hold on there let me see what I'm doing here there's no name on oh there is Joe good morning good morning mate. How tell are me you? about Bella who's been a saviour for you actually she has yeah um, well it's 11 years today since I picked her up um, she's a rejected gum dog a rejected um, gun dog. Right. Yeah, and shortly after we got her, I had some fairly serious health issues. I had multiple prolapsed discs in my neck, which resulted in a condition called chronic neuropathic pain syndrome. I've had multiple surgeries and everything else, but 
even on the bad days, I knew I had to get up because she depended on me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, she, she, it was her, it was her being there, um, that made me sometimes get out of bed. Because so she was your motivator. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I often say that she saved me. And tell me now, now poor old Bella's fourteen with a an aggressive tumor, I think. Yeah, she's just been diagnosed um, with an aggressive leg, a cancerous tumour on her leg. Yeah, that's misfortune. So, yeah, she's too old for an amputation um, because she just wouldn't cope on three legs at her age. Oh, you must be heartbroken. Okay, I am, but you know what, Neil? So long as she keeps wagging her tail and barking morning, noon and night for food, we'll keep her going. And how and are you feeling? Um... Mixed emotions. It's hard because you know eventually you're going to have to make that decision. I know. You know. I know. When it gets too much for her, yeah, I know. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But I have a fantastic vet. Um, his name's Sean O'Sullivan. I'm at the Corrin Vet Hospital. It's um in Rathcormick, and um he has a soft spot for her. I'm not sure whether she has a soft spot for him anymore. She's in good Uh, hands then. She's in good hands. Well, make her life as comfortable and as happy as you can for as long as you can. We are doing everything and she's living the life. She's on special diets. She's on special treats. She gets, she gets better fed than, than the, house, the rest of the household. <laughs> if I could probably cost more to feed her normally. Than That's the, the way it is. That's the way it is. But, but, you know, she's been a character throughout her life. She's stolen Christmas cakes, Christmas puddings, mince pies, tins of biscuits, tins of chocolates. Yeah, they're put on the planet. They're put on the planet to do all of that. Oh God, yeah. Oh yeah. And and keep us keep us busy and keep us going. You know, and that's that's the big thing for her is that she has She'll me Thanks for sharing that lovely story. Hang on there, Joe. Um, I often wonder, like they, they seem to me that as if dogs have stomachs that can never be full. Michelle, good morning. You've got two of them, Max. Good and, morning. Uh, I have, and I definitely have one whose Zita. stomach could never be full, uh, Miss Zita. I have Max, who's a little Bichon Shih Tzu cross, and Max was our first dog, so he was, as he thought, head of the household here. But then Zita came last year. Zita's actually my guide dog because I'm visually impaired. All right. Um, but she knocked Max right down the pegging list. Um, she twigged very, very quick. She amazing guide dog, but an absolute character when she's off harness. Um, she twigged very quick that Max suffers with his ear. And we used to tell Max not to be scratching. So now when Max scratches, she actually goes up to him and barks at him as if to say, stop scratching. <laughs> um, so she's like completely twigged with stuff that we say to so him. So stop scratching like, in doggy bark language. In doggy bark. And now if he doesn't, she'll actually come out if I'm like in another room. And she'll come out And she'll get my attention by barking because she knows I'll turn if she barks because it's kind of like, you know, there's something going on. And she'll look back at him as if to say, hey, he's scratching his ear in there. So she barks to you um, in bark language Mammy he's scratching again scratching his ear do something about it like she's such a telltale on him because she's no angel like but even if he brings balls or tries into the house she like bark at him as if to say you know he's brought a ball in again and she, like, uh, he's a, she's a bossy boot oh yeah but she's, she's so funny like I took her to the vet recently for a checkup, and um, she loves our vet Tom she knows his vice and everything but there was a new vet uh, Eamon and he was lovely and now Zita would do any Anything for a treat, and I mean anything. So I, she was a little bit dubious that there was a new man on the block in where she was being checked out. So I gave him a treat to give her, and I kid you not, she spat the treat out when he gave it to her as if he was trying to poison her. <laughs> <laughs> 
She's she literally a, spat it back out onto the ground in the vet. And she's, then, an, she's an oddball, super grass dog. Oh, completely. She's definitely, I, I think if she hadn't been a guide dog, she definitely would have been in the CSI. She's a smart dog. I feel <laughs> sorry. I don't mind her. I feel very sorry for poor old Max. I I'm know, a- he loves her. We were away for five days there recently, myself and Zita, in England on a trip, and Max was here on his own, and my husband and my daughter said he actually was beginning to feel a little bit. In the beginning, he was like, oh, yeah, this is great, she's gone. But um, in the, in near the end, by the time we came home, they said, like, he was so thrilled when we pulled up. He ran out welcoming her. So best of buddies, but she's definitely a telltale. At the end definitely. of the day. <laughs> but I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you a doggy gift hamper, and I'm also going to give you three months worth of dog food sponsored by Royal Canaan on the basis that you only give it all to Max oh <laughs> well that's absolutely fantastic but um, yeah I'm pretty sure a little bit sneaky boots and get I'll be checking though point. I'll be checking <laughs> no matter no keep it matter. away that's from right. her and give it all to poor old um, how would you say he's um, he's uh, he's under the thumb I think is a nice way to put it you know she just happened to knock him down the peg line a little bit but at the end of the day she's absolutely amazing as a guide dog Once you well I just want to put some I know I know that I just want to put some manners on her as to how she feels <laughs> when Max she's gets looking. all in the goodies and she gets nothing She's at all. She's looking up at me here now as if to say, sorry, what did he say? <laughs> Go on, <laughs> no, you lunatic. He doesn't mean it. He doesn't. I do mean stuff. it, Zita. I do mean it. <laughs> nothing for you. You're a telltale tattler. And actually, do you know where she is as she's looking up at me <laughs> wondering what you just said? She's curled up in Max's bed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she knows where the creature comforts are. Thanks for sharing. Absolutely. Take care. No Good matter. luck to you, Thanks. to Max Bye. and to Zita. And yes, I am only joking. Before I go, uh, for all that's in it today, you can get involved in the conversation. Text 0868104106. Email neil at redfm.ie. Our phone lines remain open on 0818104106. It's an important phone number because I have um, three family passes to give away now for foot golf. All right, foot golf. It's the blend of football and golf. And they've also now opened, opened hurl golf, which is a combination of golf and hurling. And it's down in Kinsale, just on the outskirts of Kinsale. So we have family passes to give away for that, for all of the family. We've got three of them to give away, 0818104106. And can I tell you that foot golf have also given us pizza afterwards. So you'll have your game of foot golf or your game of hurl golf for the family and then hot piping pizza afterwards. So thank you to foot golf for that. You can book with them directly on a Google search footgolfcork.com. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow. For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts.